Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for a very special edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, ODPH Society? My name is Ken M. You already know that. You know the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Why are we a little excited about this episode? We're going to be talking movies. We're going to be talking TV. We're going to be talking comics, and we're going to be talking so much more because it is what, Pad? Con season. That's right. San Diego Comic-Con is kicking off con season, and I know you're sitting at home or wherever you're listening to us, and thank you for tuning in this week, and going, Ken, you can't go to San Diego Comic-Con. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. because San Diego, the granddaddy of them all, the biggest Comic-Con in the planet, mm-hmm. is doing it virtually. Yes. So you just have to go to San Diego Comic-Con's webpage. That's comic-con.org. And you can go click on their YouTube channel and pick your panel that you want to go see. And you will be able to say, I was at San Diego Comic-Con. You can actually print out a badge. They have the tools to do that. Oh, that's awesome. If you want. That's awesome. I got to send you that link. I know Rich from 3FN is doing that. We did the twitch.tv slash 607 podcast early preview. So we are going to just jump right into it this episode. You know how to hit us up on social media, OchoDuroParleyHour.com. And remember, use the hashtag ODPH to join in the conversation because we are going to be breaking down Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at San Diego Comic-Con. Let's go. Starting off on our list of panels you need to watch, mm-hmm. 10 a.m. this Friday, this Thursday as we have recorded. And this is all West Coast time, so you can just where you are listening and watching at home. 10 a.m. West Coast time, Crunchyroll panel kicked off the day. All right. Talking anime, manga, and a bunch of great content. Hearing a lot of mixed reviews from it. Sure. But if you're into that genre, you definitely are a fan of that. So I've heard heard a lot more good than than anything else. That's good. Crunchyroll puts out a lot of good content. Absolutely. 10 a.m., though, was also the Star Trek Universe Uh, virtual panel. Dre Driven 83, you need to follow him on Twitter. Very great, close friend of the ODPH. Yeah. Is live tweeting everything he's watching. Had a lot of great things to say about this panel. This was CBS All Access breaking down everything that they have rolling out in the Star Trek universe. Which is a lot these days. It is a lot. Star Trek Discovery is a great show from what I've been hearing from a lot of our Star Trek listeners. Mm -hmm. Star Trek Picard, enough said there. Patrick Stewart, the iconic captain, resuming his role. Very highly received first season. Mm -hmm. And they're doing now an animated show. Oh, that's right. I've heard about that. Yeah, Lower Decks, which which Dre, like I said, was tweeting a lot about, said he really loved it. Had a lot of great things to say about it, so you definitely want to check that out if you're into Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Like I say, I'm not the biggest fan of Star Trek, but I'm willing to give it a shot. And that's the honest truth, because when you go to these cons, you can meet a lot of different fandoms. I know you can't have that face-to-face interaction. Right, right. But I know there's watch parties going on. I know that people are getting together and you know doing Zoom meetings to watch. Like, right. There's a lot of crazy ways to you know connect with fans for this. Well, and we and we should know that while it's it, none of the it doesn't appear that these panels are live. It looks like they are pre-recorded, and whatever time the panel is supposed to start. So if you've ever been to a convention, you know how you get in line or you go to the room and you sit down and there's music playing or whatever, and then they start and they talk. It's none of that. It looks like the videos are going live on their YouTube channel at that time. Right. 
So much greatness going on. So Star Trek fans, you need to check that panel out. Mm-hmm. Also, there was the X-Men fandom surprise party. All right. So this one had to deal with a lot of X-Men fans that are podcasters, sure. uh, social media influencers, mm-hmm. uh, cosplayers. There was so much going on with this. I have not heard a lot coming back from this, but... This is another thing that is a great moment of going to cons. You meet up with your fellow fans. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times have you gone to a con and there's been a cosplay meetup? A or lot. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. And that's the best things you you can possibly do at cons is you yeah. make new friends yeah. of your fandom. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I truly enjoy talking with fans of the ODPH down there. Made a lot of friends going to New York Comic Con, which if you're a new listener to the show... Pat and I are seasoned veterans of New yes, York. Yes, It is our home away from home. Mm-hmm. I know this year it's still up in the air if they're going to be having the con. We fear that it's not. Obviously, everything going on with C-19. We'll say nothing official, but guts are leaning towards no. Right. So we're waiting to hear what they're going to do, and it's going to suck because we can't see all our friends down there. But San Diego is still providing that experience. Mm-hmm. So you can still meet up with your friends. You can still meet up with new fans. This is the one great thing about doing these chats that you can, you know, really interact. All the fun of being in a panel without the hassle of waiting in line for Hall H. Right. So San Diego is doing a great job with this. And like I said, the X-Men fandom surprise party. That's another way you can go meet up with, you know, your favorite characters and fans of those those characters and just really have that interaction. That's the Mm -hmm. best thing to do, especially these days. 11 a.m. Pacific time was the kickoff of the Kings of Thursday, in my opinion. I'm already crowning them that they have one Thursday. Amazon Prime Video. Okay. They came out with four panels starting at 11 a.m., and the first one was Truth Seekers. Okay. Brand new show, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, all right. You've sold a lot of people. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, yeah. said, uh, apparently playing Ghost Hunters. Oh, Lord. That's all I need to know. Oh, Lord. I need to catch up on this panel, but everything I've been hearing from our ODPH Society members, have everybody's been raving about this, said it was a really yeah. great panel. Yeah, no, I mean, and kudos to Amazon for... You know, really taking the ball and running with it because you really think about it. Warner Brothers not there because they're doing their own thing. Marvel, by and large, not there. You know, they're not really doing anything. Uh, Netflix, not there. You know, the, the big networks, it doesn't appear they're there. So, hey, kudos to you for really, hey, this is our opportunity. Let's run with it. Yeah, absolutely. Amazon Prime is always delivering great content, and this is no exception right here. They've really pulled out all the stops for it. They also have a panel at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Utopia. Oh, I've heard about this. John Cusack is doing a group, is leading the cast of a group that is basically reenacting a con or a graphic novel that's come to life that is going completely off the rails. Right. It's something that is a, it sounds like a fresh concept, but like I say, you have me at John Cusack. Yeah, I would say you got me. Yeah, so I'm definitely excited about this panel. Uh, 2 p.m. West Coast time was also the upload panel. Oh, yeah. And this is the show with Robbie Amell from Legion, right. um, you know, Flash and Legends of Tomorrow fame. Uh, doing the whole, in the afterlife, you're uploaded into... Right. A, a lot of people liked it, I know. Yeah, it definitely had a lot of positive feedback, so something worth checking out. Like I say, Amazon Prime really loaded up this day, so if you're a fan of their shows, mm-hmm. or you really are thinking about getting into it, because, I mean, there's so much streaming yeah. that you can jump into. Oh, yeah. It was perfect for it. But then 3 p.m., they closed out, and it's just starting right now as we're recording on the East Coast, the boys' panel. Oh, yeah. And that one, I mean, obviously, Garth Ennis's vision of superheroes gone wrong. Yeah. Come to Life has been a big hit for Amazon Prime. The show is phenomenal. Not safe for work by any stretch of the imagination. By every definition available. But it's incredible. Carl Urban kills it on that show. And they gave, you know, the cast was there. Seth Rogen, I know, made a cameo. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you as a fan 
can definitely have that interaction. It's something to definitely binge watch if you yeah. haven't done it yet. And it's one of the most highly anticipated series coming out this year. September is the release date for the new season. Three episodes, I believe, are coming out the first day. Okay. And then they're going one a week a la DC Universe. Okay. So you won't be able to binge it like you did last year. But sure. you know what? Honestly, at this time period, I don't care. You're giving me new content. Sign yeah. me up. And like I say. Plus, there's a lot to watch. So it's kind of hard to like binge watch everything you want in one day. Right. So there's so much that you got to absorb in this that yeah. you know a little break here and there doesn't hurt. No. I, I say this with Doom Patrol all the time because if you try binge watching that, that's what I've heard. Your head will explode. I love the show. Don't get me wrong, but when we say let's get weird, we say let's get weird, and sometimes you just need to open a window and breathe because mm-hmm. there is a lot to take in. Going back though, there was a Mattel and WWE Elite Squad fan panel. Hmm. So if you're into wrestling mm-hmm. and if you're into action figures sure. and you're into comics, sure. Well, this sounds like. You're an ODPH listener, and this is what would be right up your alley. So, Pat, if I told you your panel consisted of Johnny Gargano, mm-hmm. Candice LeRae, mm-hmm. Ricochet, okay. Rhea Ripley, Ooh. and Edge. Okay. How does that sound? It sounds like a pretty good panel. Yeah, I'm very excited to catch up on this. I haven't got a chance to watch any of these early panels. We did do the preview blog on Ocho Duro Parley Hour. You can go over to Parley Points and read some more panels that we did about Thursday. And you can also check out twitch.tv slash 607podcast where we did an early preview for Thursday talking about some more because there's so many panels going on. Yeah. If we literally tried to do the show and talk every panel, it would be a nine-hour epic. Uh-huh. We ain't got time for that. No. We got to give you what you need to watch. You you ain't got time to listen to that. No, definitely not. We want to make sure that you get your content. You can immediately go click on YouTube, say, I heard this on the ODPH, and tell your friends, and go from there. Going back to the list, though, because you came to hear about San Diego Comic-Con. You don't come here to hear me rant too much. Well, maybe you do, but either way. Back on the list we go. Noon. Jimmy Palmati and Amanda Connor was running a panel talking about everything that they've been up to, so many different projects. And if you're not too familiar with them, they are the pair that, in my opinion, really interjected a lot of life into Harley Quinn. Right. So the character that you see now that is the pop culture icon, yeah. which is so weird to say. Yeah, a little bit. Has a lot to do with the influence of the of the creative work of Palmati and Connor. Mm-hmm. So I their book has always been a great read if you're a fan of the character. So Definitely, they have a lot going on. Jimmy's always a great uh, follow on Twitter. I do. And um, definitely want to check that out if you're a fan of those two. And you should be because they do great work. 1 p.m. Pacific time, though, was a new show on Disney+. Plus. Okay. It's Marvel. Okay. It's Marvel 616. Okay. Now, this show is a very unique take on the MCU. It's done by different filmmakers. Sure. Almost documentary style. And Ooh. it's about basically their interpretation of the Marvel Universe impact on the world. Hmm. So it's going to be something that if you're looking for MCU content, yeah, it'll be something to tide you over. Sure, and I would imagine that having I haven't watched all the quote unquote documentary behind the scenes stuff on Disney Plus, but I have seen uh, Prop Maker, I think is what it's called, mm-hmm. and then the I've seen a couple episodes of the Mandalorian behind the scenes. If it's anything like those, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. So that being said. It's going to be something worth checking out. Definitely want to say, if you're looking for MCU stuff, this will tide you over a little bit mm-hmm. to WandaVision. Hopefully. Maybe. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. 2 p.m. was one of the most anticipated comic panels of the day. IDW G.I. Joe Snake Eyes. Oh, boy. Now, the iconic G.I. Joe character. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you've seen the cartoon, you read the comics, you know Same the action movies. figures. Yeah. Snake Eyes is the Wolverine of that universe. He is the most popular character, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Is now in the creative hands of one Rob Liefeld. Oh, boy. Now, you know Liefeld from X-Force, Youngblood, Image Comics. Yep, yep. 
various uh, Marvel and DC runs, and most notably the co-creator of Deadpool, mm-hmm. is now going to take a run with this legendary character. Pad, what is your early thoughts? Uh, it should be real interesting. I, you know, I, I'm a little familiar with some of his work, not all of it. Uh, should be interesting to see what he does with it, though. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what he I does get, with it. Because I get the same kind of vibe with Snake Eyes that I do with some of his other characters. Yeah, it's going to be highly violent. It's going to be highly yeah. extreme action. Say this no pun intended. This ain't your Saturday morning cartoon snake, guys. Yeah, this could be definitely wild and a little bit out of control. So it's going to be something worthwhile checking out. And we'll have to wait to see how the book comes out. I know it's just hit comic stands. Uh, no, Pine of Comics, I think, was reading it. Mm-hmm. Cheers of Comics got an opinion on it. A lot of our fellow comic podcast fans and friends have opinions about this. So. Definitely want to hear what Rob has to say and the take he's going to do on this book, so Mm -hmm. stay tuned for that. Definitely check that panel out. 2 p.m. on the West Coast, though, was one of the most, do I say polarizing? Yeah, no, it is. Panels of the day, the New Mutants panel. So, Pad, do you want to break this one down? Yeah, so, of course, this is for the, I don't even know if you can call it highly anticipated at this point. It was at one point. uh, Final X-Men film from the Fox Studios before they got bought out by Disney. Uh, We talked about this on an early episode of, we broke it down on a very early episode of the uh, Entertainment Edition. It's been the often delayed to the point where if you watch the video, if you watch the video of the, the uh, panel today they poked fun at, at it a little bit um nothing really huge came out of the panel i know a lot of people were expecting maybe a release date because back on tuesday there was a supposed new trailer leak with new, yeah. with with new footage which we should note that trailer according to disney is fake you know it looked like it was out of australia because it had a, a ratings mark from the australia film rating uh, board or whatever they're called and everyone went oh this is this is new footage it's new and it is there is new footage in the trailer but disney says it's fake so somehow somebody who faked the trailer got a hold of unreleased footage so that kind of led everyone to believe maybe they're going to announce something at this panel uh well since we won't say oh you'll have to wait and see because it's already happened and you're listening to this in the future Nothing happened. Uh, they're holding their guns to a theatrical release date. Uh, they said August 28th. Uh, we will see. Uh, you know, but and according to the movie's director, it is going to be an hour and 38 minutes. Yeah, I don't know what I feel about that. That seems way too short for all the hype they've been doing. Like, yeah, like for 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, often, more often than not. Unless it's like a kid's movie, you know, or, or, you know, based off of like maybe a children's book or it's a cartoon, you know, like something geared towards kids. I feel like if you're doing adult content, hour and a half just isn't going to cut it. No, it's definitely not. So <laughs> I need answers about this. I know I'm going to Twitter a lot to get my information and shout out to Dre Driven 83. Dre is a fan friend of the show. I mean, he is coming out with some great takes. He's been really updating us about uh, what's been going on with the panel. Uh-huh. Um. I don't really know what to think about that. Yeah. Like, this pan, this movie is, is so cursed that, like, I want to be excited for it. I want to be really amped up for it. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if I can. Like, I mean, I, I was already going to skip it, and then I read an hour and a half. I'm like, yeah, I'm really going to skip this now. Yeah, Dre was mentioned about the first, uh, they showed some new footage from it. East Coast Avengers tweeted out. They, they got to sp- show something, because I think at this point, nobody cares. Like, it won't, if you watch the opening part of the... If you don't care about the movie, I watched the opening part of the the, the panel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's real funny because it's like this teaser trailer thing, or like, and it's all the release dates, but then they cross them out, and then they finally start putting up some of the reactions online of every time it gets delayed. That in itself is funny. Oh, that's incredible! Yeah, no, the, the opening scene they did with that is really cool. But the new footage that came out, I know East Coast Avengers tweeted out. Dre was talking really highly about it too. 
Maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel with this. I don't know. I'm not really putting a lot of stock in this, but I just want to see when it's going to get released and where it's going to re- I'm get released. At this, I'm saying at this point, going with lower expectations than you did for uh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel that that... And if you saw that movie, you know how bad that was. Yeah, it could be along that line. So we'll have to kind of wait and see about that. Yeah. Also, 2 p.m. on the West Coast, and just wrapping up, uh, is The Untold Tales of Todd McFarlane. Oh, legendary comic creator uh what can you say about todd other than every time he's in front of a camera every time he's on a microphone magic happens Uh uh-huh whether you love it or you hate it you know it's gonna be must watch content and he is the star of a new sci-fi documentary that's coming out july 25th and this might be considered the last dance of comic documentaries really there's a lot of footage. Um, I mean, he's going through the history of his career. When you're talking untold tales, sure. What else can you say about his legendary career that hasn't been known? I mean, so, yeah. so I'm expecting to hear a lot about him breaking in the industry, uh, you know, breaking away from Marvel and some real behind the scenes of that to form Image yeah, Comics. Yeah, I'm saying probably some stories a lot of us don't know. Yeah, the Mark McGuire home run ball and, um, <laughs> you know, like all, all types of stuff that he I mean, lost money on those. Oh, yeah. And just, you know, the history of his comic journey i mean just for being who he is and and one of the most legendary comic creators in i would say what the past 40 years you could say that yeah you know he's definitely got to be in that contention so definitely gonna be something worth watching and this panel is gonna be talking all about the documentary so i'm expecting to hear a lot of great things about that Mm -hmm. 4 p.m uh pacific time which is just starting momentarily if i'm looking at the clock right is the Bugs Bunny 80th Anniversary Extravaganza. Really? 80 years? Wow. 80 years of one of the most iconic cartoon characters in all of cartoons. Also one of the most iconic phrases of all time. I think no matter what, how much of a fan you are of, of Looney Tunes, little bit, huge bit, anyone of a certain age, of all ages, I would say, here's the phrase, what's up, Doc? I think you know who that is. Absolutely. So it's going to be something to check out if you're a fan of the old school cartoons. Definitely something to check out and celebrate 80 years. I mean, yeah. he's still around and still relevant. Too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the key takeaway when it, you know you have a great character. Especially in a day and age where, like, you think of a lot of those cartoons that were around, for, even the years after he, he was created, Jetsons, uh, Flintstones, you know, a lot of the Hanna-Barbera stuff that just not really around anymore, but yet through all the incarnations and all the iterations, sticks around. Yeah, so it's going to be something definitely worth checking out and going to – 5 p.m. West Coast time, Image Comics is dropping a panel. Ooh. And they're teasing a big duo is returning to the company for a book. Hmm. Pad, you have any guesses? Uh, Maybe Kirkman? Because he's the only big name I know on that, that, on that uh, company right now. Yeah, I have to think. I'm guessing it's Kirkman and Adlard are coming oh, okay. back, the team from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Maybe a new Negan book from how it was teased with yes, Negan please. Lives. Yeah, but maybe it's too soon. I don't know. But that's the fun and puzzling thing about Image because from the journey that they have started, from when they had the the original seven creators mm-hmm. to where they are now and how they're more, I would say, Dark Horse Comics-like than Marvel and DC. Sure, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's more of a creative freedom to do whatever you want and you don't have to do strictly superhero books. No. I mean, you take a look at the line of comics they've had, everything from Deadly Class in comparison to when Spawn and, yeah. and Savage Dragon were out. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and just, I know I'm talking a lot of different timelines, but this goes to show just the history of Image and whatever they're promising to do about this, it could be big news. So I'm very intrigued to hear what the big announcement is. And like I said, Kirkman, Adlard's my guess. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I could be wrong. It could be somebody completely forgotten about. Like, I mean, 
I trying to guess the names. I mean, I think the only one you could say probably not involved is Jim Lee. Yeah, he's got a fairly high position in uh, DC Comics these days. Yeah, so I want to see that. And closing out Thursday for the must watch po- or uh, yeah podcast must watch panels. Mm-hmm. MST3K is doing a panel 6 p.m. on the West Coast. Oh Lord have mercy! So if you're a fan of the show, you know you're gonna be laughing your tail off. It's gonna be. All just a high energy pa- panel that mm-hmm. will really cap off the night for the yeah. first show. Yeah, so that's a good ending. Yeah, it's a very good ending. There's so many other panels to check out. Go to comic-con.org or go to twitch.tv slash 607podcast. We did a more deep dive breakdown with Rich from 3FN about the Thursday shows, but I'm telling you what, Thursday came in pretty stacked. Friday has been equally loaded, mm-hmm. so we're going to jump right into that because that's how we do here on the ODPH when we break down the panels of comic cons. We always talk the first two days, and then we talk the second two days in the second segment. So mm-hmm. if you're new to the show, this is how we do it. And let's talk some Friday kicking off 10 a.m. on the West Coast. For me, this was definitely a cool panel to hear about. Charlize Theron, Evolution of a Badass. Oh, okay. And talking about her career. The Old Guard just came out on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Rave reviews. And you know, going through her history of doing action roles, too, she always does top-shelf work. It's going to be a one-on-one pretty much. And just you know, hearing the behind-the-scenes and behind-the-movies the mm-hmm. stories are always a cool thing for me. Yeah. I am very excited about that. Jump into 10 a.m. as well. DC at home. Yeah. Pat, you got that info? Yeah, so this is one I'm real excited for because I haven't been to one for DC, but I've been to one for Marvel last year at San Diego, or not San Diego, New York Comic Con. And even though I'm not a fan of like every comic they talked about, it was still awesome to go to. Uh, so the, d- the description of this is, uh, long and the short of it, is don't miss your chance to hear first t- firsthand from these comic book legends in the making as they give you the inside scoop on what's in store for Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and uh, other DC heroes and villains. Uh, DC talent to appear are Vita Ayala, Morgan Beam, Brian Michael Bendis, yep. Kelly Sue DeConnick, oh, yeah. Grace Ellis, Mitch Gerards, mm-hmm. Clayton Henry, mm-hmm. Mikael Janin, oh. Tom King, the man, Jim Lee, oh, yeah. Ryan Sook, uh, Maggie uh, Stivader, Mariko Tamaki, Tom Taylor, yep. Ram V, and Brittany Williams. Right on. Star-studded lineup. Yeah. No idea what they're going to be talking about, except Tom King, I will imagine, is going to talk a little Rorschach. Yeah, I would imagine that if they do this like the Marvel one I went to, it was essentially, they didn't tell you exactly what was going to go on. They gave you little tidbits, little teasers, showed off a couple of, uh, might show off a couple covers, because uh, the one I went to was when they announced, uh, for Marvel last year at New York, was when they announced Donnie Cates was going to be taking over Thor. And they showed a couple of covers, and I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, so I'm excited to hear everything they got coming out. I know the DC is doing DC Fandom on right, August 25th, right. 26th. I'm not looking at the calendar right like now. That. And I know that they're really lining up everything that is their DCEU or TV show projects for that, mm-hmm. which I'm completely fine with. I know that everybody has been really very vocal that their presence with the movies and TV and Marvel as well has been very criticized. Mm. Look, I just got to break this down. With the movie industry being in as much flux as it is, same thing with the very, television. Very much in flux. Yeah. They're not going to unveil anything and then not be able to deliver. Right. I know that a lot of fans are upset by this, but you got to break it down that way. That hopefully by August, we'll have a little more 
vision of where we're going Mm -hmm. with those industries and then they'll have a lot more to show right and i know people are bummed marvel the movies aren't really doing anything but you got to remember we essentially know we they did have one last year where they unveiled phase four they're not going to unveil phase five you know we know uh, black widow's coming out at some point we know uh eternals is done if i'm not mistaken so the only thing they could possibly show because they've got all the other uh series they're working on we know wandavision is done we know Falcon Winter Soldier is close to being done. They're getting ready to start film, uh, restart filming here next month, I think. Yeah. Don't know where What If is. Uh, Loki, I don't think, has started filming yet. But so essentially all you would have to show is, you know, an Eternals trailer, and that's kind of it. Yeah, so they don't really need to unveil the whole arsenal. Yeah. I, th- I think they're going to wait for a real big unveil Maybe the first day of the mm-hmm. football season. Maybe. I could fully see that happening. Yeah. Um, then maybe they'll drop the trailer at halftime of that, that game. Could maybe. I, I could see something like that. Or they might try upstaging Fandom, which I really don't want to see. No. Like, let, let DC have that day. No, I don't think they'll go near that. Uh, no, I, I don't think it would. I think it would be such a bad look for them to do. Yeah. So anything is possible with that. Yeah. So uh, going back to the list for Friday, HBO Max, as we've been kind of segueing with DC, uh, no real announcements for Green Lantern or Strange Adventures. Right. They have been announcing a lot of the projects they're doing with Cartoon Network. I know the Adventure Time panel is something that's scheduled for 11 a.m. if you're into that. But at 11 a.m., Pat, you touched upon it briefly about your trip to New York to see yes. it. Yes. So break it down. Marvel's next big thing. Yeah, so the Marvel's next big thing panel is something really interesting and definitely one, if you haven't been to it, you know you should definitely check this out. Uh, it is with Marvel Editor-in-Chief C.B. Sabolsky breaks down all the latest and greatest coming from the House of Ideas with some of Marvel's most epic creators. Tom Brevort, Al Ewing, and Dan Slott will dive into the cosmic calamity coming to Earth's mightiest heroes in the pages of Empire. An army is, in the gather- an army is gathering in the latest X-Men crossover event, X of Swords. Or Ten of Swords, however you say that. Uh, and Jordan White, Tiny Howard, and Gary Dugan have all the juicy details. Nick Lowe, Nick Spencer, and Mark Bagley will discuss the landmark Amazing Spider-Man number 850, ushering in the return of the Green Goblin. Plus, Nick Lowe rejoins the panel to discuss the return of the classic Marvel character Werewolf by Night with creators Taboo and Ben Jackendoff. A lot to digest there. Empire is their big new Avengers Fantastic right. Four crossover with right. the Free scroll Empire and... A lot of twists and turns happening, a lot of big uh, reveals going Mm -hmm. on. Uh, One thing that wasn't too shocking with me was the big traitor uh, uh, that was was mentioned, but I don't want to deep dive into it if anybody hasn't got a chance to read it yet. I can definitely talk about it next week if if we really want to chat up about it. Uh, Ten of Swords, who knows what... Jonathan Hickman's planned out. It's going to be bonkers. It's going to be nuts. Uh, You're seen, probably going to have to reread it like three times to understand it. I've seen a lot of promotional art, and it's X-Men with swords. <laughs> I don't know how to Sold. How, how to how to really wrap my head around it. Sold. I know Apocalypse has a lot to do with it. Oh, that's never um, a good thing. Who knows the direction it's going in. But for the X-Men relaunch, it's been nothing but great. Yeah. Um, the second wave not really hitting me as well. Okay. Uh, the Hellions lineup, I still don't get. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that one. Sure. No, no respect to the creators. I just don't get that lineup. I'm, I'm sorry. It's just not appealing. X Factor is not doing the same thing for me either. But Ben Piercy is still killing it on Wolverine. X Force is still the best book that's on the line right now. So mm-hmm. waiting to see a lot more coming out of that. Amazing Spider Man 850. That's a, that. Wow. Man. That's a milestone. Mark Bagley's back for it. Yeah. Um, the return of the Green Goblin, who, you know, anytime we got Norman Osborn, crazy stuff happens. Please make it the ultimate form. I like. That. Don't get me wrong. I like the the old school look to Green Goblin. Ultimate Green Goblin is a lot better. 
I'm just trying to remember. He was bonded with Carnage last time I think we saw him. Oh, Christ. Yeah, I want to say it was the end of Dan Slott's run. But if just, I'm not missing the Red Goblin story. Yeah, oh, yeah. But Spider-Man 850, like, if you go back in time to where before Spider-Man was created and you went to someone who was, like, a comic or a superhero fan and told them, hey, or, or even when Spider-Man first came out, they're like, you go to somebody, even if you go to, like, Stanley when the, when the character was created and go, hey, that character is going to get to 850 issues in the future. They probably would look at you and go, what? Yeah, that's nuts. Because on the surface and the concept, oh, it's a teenager from Queens with powers of a spider. Yeah, They're, they'd be like, okay, we'll have a. They probably figured they'd have a run with it. I don't think they ever dreamed it have this long a run. I don't think they'd ever imagine that character would take off and be the pop culture icon he is. Also true. I don't think anybody had that circled when that character was created. Also true. But look how we are eight fifty issues. I mean, just looking at the heroes that are turning 80 you know the 80th anniversaries and, mm-hmm. and the 800 issues and 700s and yeah i mean and i mean action comics and detective comics we're yeah. living in an age where we're at thousands for them mm-hmm. mind blowing uh closing out the recap though for that panel werewolf by night that's an interesting book i know they're really trying to push moon Knight. yeah and with the new disney plus show coming out i wouldn't doubt yep. some more midnight suns characters appearing mm-hmm. so they'll definitely be doing something with that uh, a lot of fun stuff from Marvel. I mean, Marvel yeah. always does great panels. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't need to do movies. No. The ones they do at New York Comic Con are always great. I know last year they did the um, one with Vincent D'Onofrio talking with Joe Quesada. Yes. And, and yes. That, was a, that was an amazing one to go to. Chris Claremont was in there, I think, talking with C.B. Sabalski. And, mm-hmm. and the stories from the X-Men, man, that was a trip. I love that panel. Like, they just do so much great stuff for the fans. Mm-hmm. That if you're a Marvel Comics fan, you need to go check that out. Like I say, Marvel might not be doing everything MCU, but they don't need to. Mm-hmm. And that's something you got to remember with the comics, too. There's so much for your fandoms and your characters that you don't need the big home runs every time. Right. You can just go to a smaller panel, really learn a lot, and then you'll be that much more informed and become that much more of a fan. Yeah. It's always a great experience to do. Yeah. Speaking of fandom, I know I'm touching one that is very close to your heart. Star Wars audiobooks, Dr. Afra. Yeah. So break that down for us, Pat. Yeah, so uh, do, the, uh, it's an audio drama, uh, Dr. Afro, which is a character that was uh, first introduced in, in the comics. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to dig into it yet, but I'm super ex- I need to. I'm super excited for it. Uh, the, it's the second one they've done that's like an audio drama. Uh, it's an original story that is, you know, the first one they did was, I believe it was called Dooku Jedi Lost or something like that. It involved Dooku. Uh, it is very high production, you know, so background noises, ambiance. Really, if you close your eyes, you'd swear you're standing there with them. So can't wait to dig into this and really check it out. I, it, I've i heard good things. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to hear about it. Uh, the audiobooks, I mean, they always do great work with that, yeah. so it should be a pretty fun one. It's it's funny to see where they've come. We're like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll cut the, uh, the book down and make it real time friendly to now it's unedited and they put a lot of time and work into them noon on friday has got a lot of great panels yeah trying to balance this out this is one good thing that watching at home i can watch on delay this is true so kicking off noon on friday west coast time amc fear the walking dead Mm. so this is kicking off the big walking dead block if you're a fan of the show they're gonna be diving into the next season kind of recapping where they've been if you haven't been watching the show lately uh, like I have, I've just started catching back up since they sped the timeline up. The first two right. seasons, I, I didn't care, and frankly, the family could have got eaten, and I was going to cheer that on because I didn't care about any of those characters. But since they they've added Lenny James, yes, or Lenny James yep. to the show, uh, it's definitely helped out. It's definitely gone in a lot of you know better direction, mm-hmm. and I completely am 
giving this show a second chance. I might have to. I, I kind of gave up midway through season two. Yeah, you, you kind of need to because, like I said, with Lenny James as the head of the show now is Morgan, and yep. the other characters are really very interesting to watch now. Mm. It, it's something that, okay, if you didn't give it a chance before, now might be a time to do it. I know they just added Dwight to the show, Austin yeah. Amellos, uh, you know, since he left the whole Negan storyline. So they definitely do have some characters that you're familiar with and some new ones that maybe you'll get more into. So I, like I say, I'm going to be willing to give it a second chance. And like I say, that kind of kicks off the big block because noon starts Fear of the Walking Dead. 1 p.m. is AMC's The Walking Dead. Yes. And, Pad, you got the information on that? Yeah, so the interesting thing with this is with the Walking Dead panel, it is uh, moderated by Chris Hardwick. Uh, it will feature Walking Dead Universe Chief Creek Content Officer Scott M. Gimple, uh, showrunners Angela Kang and Greg Nicotero. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be about the season finale that, you know, unfortunately we never got to see because production got shut down due to the coronavirus. Uh, the episode is titled A Certain Doom. Uh, and... It will the, the panel will feature cast members Norman Reedus, Melissa McBride, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Lauren Cohan. Oh, that's an interesting. Uh huh. Uh, Josh McDermott, Seth Gillum, Ross Marquand, uh, Carrie Payton, and Paolo Lazaro. And it says in the Walking Dead episode ten sixteen, a certain doom. Beta engages the final fi- the final battle of the Whisperer War. Like I said, it's very interesting. Lauren Cohen's going to be back on there because she hasn't officially been. Well, we knew she was supposed to come back this season. And it's like, hey, we're at the finale and she's still not here. Right. Because I think that that's going to be the final moment that she returns. Oh, so she's going to save the day. Maybe. I mean, it's it's completely gone away from the book. So anything is really possible. (laughs) It's very true. So I'm definitely excited to see this. And I know we're going to finally get the final confirmation of when the season finale is coming out. Yeah. I can only imagine that. They have a date picked out that's going to make sense to The Walking Dead, uh-huh. and then maybe they go right to the season f- premiere. Like, That'd be cool. It all depends on how much they have filmed. I mean, we don't know the, yeah. st- the status of the shows. Right. So this might be, okay, we're going to announce when we're coming back and when we're doing X, Y, and Z. So it's going to be something for any fan of The Walking Dead to watch. And I mean, it's one of the most lively, entertaining panels. Mm-hmm. Always a good time to get in there and to go see. I, yeah. I know the popularity has kind of gone down in recent years, Yeah. but it's still a fun one to watch. And they are closing out the AMC block with the world beyond Mm -hmm. at 2 p.m. Yep. So, Pad, what's your feelings on this one? I'm, you know, I'll watch the first episode or first couple episodes, but I'm not exactly amped up about this. I mean, they gave a description uh, on the Comic-Con website where it reads, uh, The Walking Dead World Beyond dives in, delves into a new mythology and story that follows the first generation raised in a surviving civilization of the post-apocalyptic world. Two sisters, along with two friends, leave a place of safety and comfort to brave dangers, known and unknown, living and undead on an important quest. Uh, pursued by those who wish to protect them and those who wish to harm them, a tale of growing up and transformation unfurls across dangerous terrain, challenging everything they know about the world, themselves, and each other. Some will become heroes, some will become villains, but all of them will find the truths they seek. So, you know, going that's a, not a lot to go on, and I think the only thing we've really seen from the show is maybe like a teaser of like the title, mm-hmm. what are like the, the title graphic. So I'll check out the first episode, but hopefully they show some footage with the panel. They got to do something because I'm not. I'm not even feeling the show. It just looks like they're setting off like a paint water ball or water balloons. Mm, yeah, and just like everything's exploding and it's bright colors. And sure. I'm like, 
what are we doing here? Like, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not amped up about it. Oh, maybe a trailer can sway me. Like, I'm not saying it's not possible. Sure. Sometimes, even when you see a really bad trailer, the show might be good. Hi, Titans. <laughs> so, you know, we'll go from there with that. So, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm willing to give a shot. And for AMC, I know they're putting all their eggs in one basket about this one. So, sure. I, you know, like I say, you got to give it a shot. And if it's not going to be good, oh, trust me, we'll let you know here on the ODPH. Yeah. There is no question about that. Mm-hmm. But like I said, noon was so stacked up, we got to go back up to it. And one panel that's close to my heart, exclusive behind the scenes with Undiscovered Country. Okay. Scott Snyder, Charles Soule. Oh, that's a good tandem. That's all I need. I'm sorry. The book is great. If you haven't checked it out, you should definitely check it out. Eisner nominated. Uh, I mean, what can you say about those two? That's going to be a fun panel. That I Just those two guys talking about anything I'd be watching because everybody knows my affinity for Scott Snyder. He is the writer of my Batman. Mm-hmm. The voice, perfect. I mean, everything with him and Capullo doing phenomenal. So enough said about that because I can keep going on and on. But you guys want to hear about more panels, so let's do it. And there's one at noon that I know is close to Pat's heart. Lucas uh-huh. Lucasfilm's publishing stories from a galaxy far, far away. Break yeah. It, break it down for us. Yeah, so I'm real excited for this one. Uh, this is some of the biggest and best Star Wars authors talk about some of their exciting new projects set in a galaxy far, far away, uh, featuring legendary Star Wars author Timothy Zahn, uh, Alex Segura, Justina Ireland, George Mann, Preeti Chibber, Tom Engelberger, Rebecca Roanhorse, Greg Pack, and Alyssa Wong. Uh, I'm real excited for this. Hopefully they peel back some onions on the upcoming book they have. Uh, it's, it, I'm blanking on the name, uh, but it's the one. It's it's a follow-up to the one they did for uh, A New Hope on the 40th anniversary of that one, uh, where it was a whole bunch of side stories for characters that were in scenes of that one. I know they did one for the bartender in the cantina, and they explained, you know, he has the line, no droids, we don't, we don't serve their kind here. Well, it explains why he hates droids. So it's one, but it's one for Empire Strikes Back. So very excited to see what they do with that. Maybe they'll peel peel it back a little bit more and give some more uh, teasers yeah i think we'll definitely see something about that so i know that you're a big fan of that book and, yeah. and everything involved in with it so i'm expecting big things from that panel we'll hear a lot coming from it mm-hmm. 1 p.m though on pacific time friday water earth fire and air continuing okay. the avatar legacy so i know you're a big avatar guy yes so this one is going to be taking a retrospective of the past two shows they've done and kind of give you a little taste of what's coming up in the future yeah no especially with the, the live action netflix series the creators are working on yeah so there's gonna be a lot to really digest about this one yeah. so i think it's gonna be a pretty cool one speaking of digesting 2 p.m the psychology of star trek versus star wars oh boy you want to talk about two of the biggest fandoms getting together and, uh, and yeah. debating? Yeah. This one will either make your head explode or you're going to be like, all right, this is very fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> one of the two things is going to happen. Uh, who knows who's going to make a guest appearance. I would love it if Mark Hamill came in there to debate Patrick Stewart. That'd be awesome. The internet would break. Uh-huh. I would love it. Yeah. Like on, on so many different levels. 2 p.m., uh, Joe Manganiello's Dust Saves. You know he's going to be talking some D&D, and that should be a fun one if yeah. you're into the RPG world. Yeah. 3 p.m., though, first look at Hulu's Hellstrom. Oh, boy. So what's your thoughts on this, Pad? Uh, I'm very interested because let's not forget this was supposed to be the first of, like, a spinoff dark MCU universe type thing. But now it's not. It's kind of a one and done. Uh, but I will say it's probably a good gauge. It'll be a good gauge for Marvel and Kevin Feige, you know, if to see if there's any interest in doing something like that for Hulu. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, obviously, with Kevin Feige taking the reins of everything that is Marvel and... TV. It's going to be an interesting transition. Hellstrom, very interesting character written in the comics, depending on what version you you associate with him. Yeah. 
I know Warren Ellis had a run with him that I know a lot of people are like, whoa. Uh, so that being said, who knows what to expect from this show? I know it's the brother and sister paranormal investigating duo. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know where they're going to go for source material on this. I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah. And it could be a trendsetter of where Hulu can go with the new properties that are going to be inherent from Netflix. We're assuming because yeah. obviously Punisher is not going to appear on Disney Plus. No. Unless it's like a quick cameo of him driving down the street or something. Yeah. Maybe if you're lucky. But with all the shows that are eventually coming over from Netflix, Kevin Feige's going to have a lot of toys in the toy box. To yeah, play he with. is. So who knows what you're going to have. But if. Hellstrom does well. I'm not saying it's not going to. They might be more inclined to get rolling on a werewolf by night show. Looks like, if I'm not mistaken, Hellstrom is the last of the Jeff Loeb era shows. Correct. So it'll be a very nice send off for him. So we'll Uh kind of have to wait and see about that. Then we get to 4 p.m. on Friday. Comic-Con, Robert Kirkman at home. Ooh. So you know the creator of The Walking Dead, Invincible, and so many other books is going to have a lot to say. Maybe we'll tease you too much of various Walking Dead references, like Daryl is in the books, <laughs> or Clementine is really back. Yeah. I mean, you'll hear some wild stuff come from him. It's going to be a fun panel. Definitely something worth checking out. 4 p.m. as well on Friday, legendary Spawn creator Todd McFarlane talks toys, comics, and more. The keyword there being more. Yeah, you never know what he's going to say. It'll be must-listen-to content. Especially since he's got a movie coming out soon. Yeah, I'm not done. We won't see a Spawn trailer. Could be. Like a teaser. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine teaser because outside of like the casting announcement, which was what, Jamie Foxx, we haven't heard anything. No, we haven't. Like The only thing that might shake the internet up if he goes, yeah, I'm coming back to draw Spider-Man. Oh, Lord. You hear that, you might hear like the internet really crash. I haven't heard anything. I'm just going to throw that karma out in the world. Let's see what he's got. There is so much going on Friday, too, like trying to wrap it up with the other panels they got going. Vampirella's 50th anniversary. Wow. That's something crazy if you're into any comics. There's so many tutorials going on throughout the entire weekend. Um, there's one about how to make a comic from start to finish. Okay. Deep Blue C3. Oh, Lord. I didn't even know there was a Deep Blue C2. I don't either. I mean, I remember seeing the VHS cover of the first one way back in the day, like 99 or 2000. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I know is Deepest Blue is my head is like a shark's fin. <laughs> that is the only thing I know about that. It's true for a lot of people. Yeah, so the fact there was a two, yeah. I'm shocked at. Three? <sighs> I, They're I, going for Sharknado's record. I have no words. I, I wish I did, but I don't. <laughs> like, that's honestly my... My gut reaction to it. Yeah. And, yeah, you can't really tell me otherwise. 5 p.m. on Friday, Pacific Time, No Strange Bedfellows, the relationship between pro wrestling and comics. Okay. Obviously, listen to the ODPH. You know those two topics we talk about quite often. So you go through different histories of storylines and what appears in the comic and wrestling and vice versa. It's it's going to be a really fascinating discussion. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Also, on 5 p.m. Friday, Unboxing Pandora Season 2 on the CW. Okay. Now, Pad, I don't know if you remember, I actually attended this panel. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one thing that always stuck out to me about this, I just happened to go to it. Just I was looking for on, something. On a whim. It. I think we were all busy with something else. Yeah, like the whole panel was doing something, and, and like we were all over the place. I just wound up going into this panel, and I will never forget the cast just coming into the crowd mm-hmm. and really just embracing the fans like literally 
like the star of the show, her name is Priscilla Quintana. Okay. Was coming in, doing selfies with fans, hugging fans, just interacting. Like, and they were, like she just represented everybody else from the panel that was so happy people were there. Right. Because they were more or less a quiet show. I think they were like a mid-season summer break show. Right, because you, you really think about DC shows or CW shows. It's kind of like stuff you already know. Yeah. So this one really flew under the radar, and they were just so happy to be at New York. And the energy in that in that panel, I was like, I'm actually really impressed with this. Yeah. I, I will have to say, like, I'm, I don't really know this show. Mm-hmm. But how they carried themselves really stuck out. So I'm going to say, give it a shot. Take a look. Maybe it's your show. Maybe it's your not. Mm-hmm. But if they have that same energy, I think it'll be a fun panel to watch. Yeah. So I'll have to give a recommendation for that. I also have to give a recommendation 6 p.m. on Friday for Sci-Fi TZGZ Adult Animated Originals. Okay. So I know that Sci-Fi has egregiously gotten rid of Happy and Deadly Class. I'm still not over it. But they're going to be running a lot more late night adult animation. Cool. So it's moderated by Bre- by Baron Vaughn, who does Sci-Fi Wire's The Great Debate, which if you're on ODPH Twitter late night on Thursdays in the States, 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, you'll see us uh, go back and forth with them tweeting a lot. So we have a little friendship there. Maybe they'll drop a follow, hint, hint. Uh, and we definitely want to give them a little shout-out. Uh, it's going to be a lot of new stuff they have coming to Sci-Fi. So this will be the direction they're going in, so it'll be something worthwhile. Yeah. And to close out Friday... 7 p.m., the 32nd annual Will Eisner Comic Industry Awards. So like I say, if you're not familiar with the Eisners, it is the Oscars of comic books. It's the highest prestige award you can get for writing, drawing a comic, everything involved with it. Uh, The lineage of books is amazing. Will Eisner, legendary creator. So this one is going to be something to watch for. If you're not sure about any books to go hit your local comic book shop up, this will tell you where to go because if it gets an Eisner, it is worth your time. And despite what Ken might think, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo can't win everything. You bite your tongue. They can win everything. They can win all. They should. Death Metal is amazing, too, by the way. Everybody should go check it out. So before we close, Pad, Thursday, Friday, what's standing out to you? Uh, gotta be, for me, it's the Star Wars stuff. I'm most damn for that. I, the, I gotta check out the audio drama, Dr. Afra, And then, obviously, I love the Star Wars books. Got, can't, it, especially Timothy Zahn, legendary. You know, one of the most beloved Star Wars authors of all time. Inch, real, real interesting to see what he's got going on in, in the galaxy far, far away. Amazon Prime Video crushed it on Thursday. All the reviews I'm hearing back, uh, especially from Dre. Shout out to Dre. At DreDriven83, he is tweeting up a storm right now with reaction. So if he's saying it's good, I'm taking his word for it. I'm going to definitely jump on those panels later. Uh, the Rob Liefeld one, I'm definitely excited to hear yeah, about because yeah. that's kind of like an open net. Like you, know, you don't know what he's going to do, what he's going to say, what he's going to come out with. I mean, could he like do something crazy like kill Cobra Commander first issue? Hmm. Possibly. Who Maybe. knows? I mean, it's Rob. So anything's you know really possible there. DC at home, Marvel's. Uh, Next big thing, panels are really standing out to me. Uh, obviously, the AMC shows, I'm really intrigued by. Yeah. Because with The Walking Dead slowly dropping in popularity a little bit, who knows where we're going to get out of them. And for the new shows coming out, I'm definitely excited to see. So much good stuff on both days, but you'll have to let us know what you're looking forward to for Thursday and Friday. His up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts on days one and two of San Diego Comic-Con? Comic-Con at home. We definitely want to have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
Well, hello there. I'm Brian Wayne, host of the Cheers to Comics podcast, and I'm here to bring you the ultimate comic book podcast for readers and lovers and collectors of all levels. Whether you're trying to get caught up on last week's books or you're just looking to check out the latest interview with the latest creator, this is the podcast for you. So, if you're looking for a comic book show that doesn't stray away from the topic and you're looking to get an insight from a true fan and lover of this industry, then tune into the Cheers to Comics podcast three times a week as I, Brian Wayne, raise a glass to this wonderful, wonderful industry that is comics. Cheers. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Binghamton. Woo! Coming back for our second segment, breaking down San Diego Comic-Con, Comic-Con at home. You are listening to the ODPH podcast. So let's jump right in. Last segment we did Thursday and Friday. So now it's time to talk Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. kicking off all Pacific time. Yep. 10 a.m. Pad, this one might not really affect you too much, but okay. for an old school comic fan like me, when you grow up and you're trying to see what your comic is valued is the Overstreet Price Guide. This is Okay. This is true? This is true. Okay, I wasn't sure if you knew about that or not. And this is the 50th anniversary. Really? Of Over Street. Yeah, ah. I know. Like, I am shocked at it. Like, I, like, for me, well, then again, it is older than I am, so I'm like, it's been around forever. Well, it's one of those things that, like, you know, with Sports Illustrated and other publications that, like, they're just one of those things. They're just around, and you don't necessarily think about how old they are. Yeah. So it's just kind of wild to see that they're doing that. And for the 50th anniversary, it's absolutely, like, mind-blowing that we're actually seeing this. So it's going to be something, if, if you're used to reading that guide, um, it's just, you know, for five decades of doing it, it's kind of absolutely wild. So something worth checking out. Also at 10 a.m., Inglorious Trexperts. Oh. 30 years of Best of Both Worlds. So it's a hit Star Trek podcast. So, we, of course, we got shout-out podcasters. Yeah. Uh, so if you're a fan of that podcast and you want to go check it out, it is going to be on at 10 a.m. Pacific time mm-hmm. on comic-con.org. And definitely check their YouTube page out because that's where you find everything for Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Saturday morning, uh, Cowboy Bebop is going to be on. Oh. So I'm excited for that. Uh, you know, Cowboy Bebop is one of my favorite animes, if not my favorite. Very much beloved. Yes. I know that this is not the Netflix show. Yes. At least to my knowledge. Correct. So that's why I'm just kind of just really, I'm like, I'm more excited to hear about that show, but like, I know that I'm I'm fearing I'm going to be like really disappointed in it. Mm. And I don't want to be, but you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see. So anything Cowboy Bebop, you know, I'm going to check out. And going into 11 a.m., we talked about day one, but, Pat, why don't you break down day two? Yeah, DC at home, day two, uh, much in the same way of day one, just featuring some different writers. Uh, this time it, this time it will feature, keep your calm here. You're going to get real excited with this list. Greg Capullo. Yeah. Cecil Castellucci. Hell yeah. Katana Collins. All right. Cami Garcia. Okay. Jorge Jimenez. Oh, yeah. Daniel Warren Johnson. Okay. Dan Jurgens. Legend. Jim Lee. Icon. Sean Gordon Murphy. Future rising star. Bruno Rendonato. Hell yeah. Keep your shirt on here. Scott Snyder. 
The man. James Tynan. The up-and-coming man. And Brad Walker. Star-studded lineup. That's a real good lineup. Uh, one word, Batman. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of Batman writers on there. There is a lot of Batman content creators on so, that. So what you're saying is they're going to talk about Sinestro. Uh, you can say that I will be camped out with my cup of coffee watching that one. So I am definitely excited for that. Everything going on with Joker War right now and Batman, which is absolutely bat crazy. Yeah. Uh, Sean Gordon Murphy is writing an epic with you know his Curse of the White Knight and, and like everything he's doing for that uh, world that he's building. Uh, I know I hear often comparisons like he's going to be the next Frank Miller. I fully believe it. He's he's so good. Uh, Capullo and Snyder, anything they do is amazing. So Tinian is awesome. Dan Jurgens, very slept on for what he's doing Batman Beyond. So yeah. So uh, and the rest of those creators, man, lock that in. I'm, yeah. I'm there. I'm there. First day, opening moments. Oh, so good. See, you just had to get me too amped up. I almost forgot where it was, but no, we're still talking Saturday, 11 a.m. And this panel could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. The Art of Adapting Comics to Screen, David S. Goyer Q&A. Ooh, okay. So, Familiar with the name. Yes, and obviously his history with the DCEU. Yeah. So who knows what we're exactly going to hear. Yeah. Um, I, I promise I will not go completely crazy asking about Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Um, Because I know it's not live, so I can't ask questions. All no. these have been previously taped, which is which is good. But some of them, they have received early Twitter questions. So right. it is somewhat fan interactive. But I'm just like, you know, with, with that, I'm like, that's the first question. Like, what was going through your head saying, let's combine the Dark Knight Returns and... Death of Superman. Yeah. Why, why? Why? Separate movies, yes. Together, no. Exactly. But give me my Injustice Snyder verse, damn it. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm waiting on that one. The animated movie. That'll that, With them rebooting the animated stuff, that might happen. There. Uh, give me that live action with Snyder. As crazy as Injustice is. Yeah. Woo. I'm there. Yeah, Nick from Epic Film, guys. We'll be there first day. First day in line. Yeah. 11 a.m., though, Pacific time, Saturday. The Simpsons at home. Okay. Simpsons are still going on. Somehow. They finally fixed their aspect ratio on Disney+. Plus. Oh, my God. You know, so I know fans are real happy about that. But, no, yeah, it's astounding that they're still going. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah, no, it's just... Just for, just for a cartoon, because that's... I, yeah, it's an adult cartoon, but it's still a cartoon. To go 30 years, just crazy. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Like, I am just, like, really, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. But, hey, kudos to them. That's like, and and it's a cartoon, because I know, oh, Looney Tunes, when, you know, all those, that's a different cast of characters in in different episodes. This is the same group of people in the same episodes. Yeah. All right. So this one is puzzling to me, and I want to see if you can figure out why I say it's puzzling. Okay. Constantine 15th anniversary reunion. Okay. Why do you think it's puzzling? Uh, Because they're celebrating the anniversary of the movie? Yeah. Which... I mean, not, not, it's not necessarily surprising. When we were in New York, they had a panel for, what was it, the 20th anniversary of Buffy. Which I get, but Constantine was not a success. It's it's Keanu Reeves, and the internet loves Keanu yeah, Reeves. I, there, right, fair there, point. There is a subreddit devoted to how Keanu Reeves being awesome. I, I will give you that. All right. It, so it's, it's Keanu Reeves. They're trying to sell people on Keanu. I will definitely give you that. So I'm just really interested to see, like, why are we really celebrating this unless they're going to be making some noise about... A new project, but then again, Matt Ryan has been killing it on mm-hmm. Legends and you know the small screen. So I don't know. I, like I said, I'm gonna watch it, but yeah. I'm like, I'm just kind of like yeah. so so about it. Uh, also, 12 p.m. Dark Horse All Stars. So you're gonna take uh, Gerard Way and a bunch of the other creators from Dark Horse are gonna get together and just yeah. kind of talk about everything going on there. Obviously, Gerard Way has got a lot coming out with the Umbrella Academy, and it's gonna be a fun fun 
retrospective looking yeah. at Dark Horse. I mean, Dark Horse, like I say, no pun intended, a lot of people don't follow too much like, no. unless you're really into comics. I mean, I only followed them for years because they were the publisher of Star Wars comics for a long time. Yeah, but they do quality work. Like, they deserve a lot more credit than I think the yeah. casual fan gets. Sure, so, sure, sure. Also, 12 p.m., this one caught my eye, and just for the artwork alone, Jim Lee's X-Men Artist Edition Spotlight. Ooh. So... They're going to be taking a retrospective of Jim Lee's work with the X-Men and, and the artist renditions and edition and, like, IDW's doing this. And, uh, like, honestly, if you want to know why Jim Lee is the superstar artist that he is, mm-hmm. go back to his uncanny X-Men run and to his X-Men no-adjective run. Okay. You will understand why he is considered arguably one of the greatest artists in comic history. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he just draws amazing figures and just combines so many different elements of art in it. Like, everything he touches is amazing. Mm-hmm. So And his X-Men work, I mean, literally put that franchise on the map. Yeah. Like, they were always good, but once he started doing the artwork, it was just must-pick-up books. We talked about yeah. last episode, 8 Million Strong yes. for X-Men 1. And you wonder why? Read that book. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like I say, he's such a legend in the industry. Yeah. There's just, I mean, I could just rant on and on. But I got to get back to the list of what's going on Saturday, 1 p.m., American Dad. Oh. So they're having their panel. So you're going to see a lot more of the uh, animation shows yeah. up here on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, like, Friday is probably the most stacked day. Yeah. But. There is stuff still to watch stuff going Saturday. on. Yeah, let's say but, another one you got going on Saturday. Sorry to interject. No, uh, you do have one from Guillermo del Toro and Scott Cooper on antlers in filmmaking. Uh, this is from acclaimed director Scott Cooper, who directed Crazy Heart and Hostels and the master of horror movies, you know, as we know them today. Guillermo del Toro, of course, did Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth. You know, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, they tease their upcoming film Antlers, uh, along with how they designed the Wendigo inspired monster. Uh, the, in addition, the two go in depth on the craft of filmmaking. And and how they create a visual style. So if you're into Guillermo del Toro movies or into horror movies, definitely something to check out. Absolutely. This is something that you really want to follow. If you're into filmmaking, yeah, this is a must-watch panel. There's a lot of panels going on, too, that are going to give you like the how-tos behind. But to hear those creators just really talk one-on-one and mm-hmm. really break it down, it's, it's absolutely incredible for that. Also, there is 1 p.m., a tribute to Denny O'Neill, mm-hmm. uh, Beyond Batman. Uh, so, obviously, Denny O'Neill passed away, um, and this is a retrospect going through his career. So much great work that he has done throughout the years, and mm-hmm. this one's going to be a, you know just talking about his influence, remembrance. Uh, this one is going to be one to watch, mm-hmm. and just to go through the history of the stuff that he's worked on. I mean, what can you say about his career? It's just legendary yeah. so yeah. i mean like i say he's done more stuff than batman as the title is uh leads to i mean obviously he's done some work with green lantern green arrow uh the question is his too i mean there's just so many different books that he's worked on that this one is just a panel that you need to go check and and really get into because like i say if you really don't know about denny o'neill's work outside mm-hmm. um batman you need to check it out also, because we know he's listening, we got to give a shout-out to Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming. Even though he has not uh, fully apologized to Pad for the egregious comments he made about Ratchet and Clank, then Pad does not want to address this segment, so I will take care of this one. Uh, there's going to be a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers The Future Is Now panel. So to quote Comic-Con.org, a new era for the Power Rangers begins here. Join a star-studded lineup of talent, including Ryan Perrot, uh, Marco Renna, Matthew Ehrman, Giuseppe Cafroa, 
uh, Francesco Segela, and along with Matt Levine and Defra Pinab. Penaben. I'm sorry if I'm butchering names. I'm He's sure. going to correct you on it. I'm sure he is. So we just want to make sure that we get this right. Because I know Tom's been doing some work about breaking down everything that's going on with the Power Rangers. Yeah. But this one is going to be something that definitely, if you are into Power Rangers, you want to check out. Uh, they're going to be talking about everything that's going on from you know the comics to whatever else is entitled to Power Rangers. So it is definitely something you want to check out and really get into. And if you want to find out more about the Power Rangers, check out Tom's articles on thathashtagshow.com. He's always writing about them. So, Tom, we'll give you a little extra plug. Maybe Pad will forgive you one day for your egregious comments. Fat chance on hell. Wow. The hatred is still there. Man, I don't know what we're going to wind up doing. All right, Pad, let me cheer you up. 1 p.m., uh-huh. Rooster Teeth. Yes. So you want to talk about this one? Yeah, so at 1 p.m., there is a panel about for Rooster Teeth. Uh, the description reads, Yesa Badiola, Torian Crawford, Barbara Dunkelman, Fiona Nova, Carrie Shawcross, and special guest F.J. DeSanto uh, are going to virtually smack you in the face with exclusive reels and new information about recorded by Azrael, Red vs. Blue Zero, Ruby Volume 8, and Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy Siege. Uh, of course, a lot of high anticipation with Red vs. Blue Zero appears to be a prequel of some sorts to the long-running Red vs. Blue series. Of course, smash it, Ruby Volume 8. And, of course, they did do some work on the upcoming Netflix movie, uh, tran- the new Transformers movie. Uh, it's coming out on Netflix, which I will talk about a little bit in one-shots or something announced for it or teased with it that I am super excited for. But more on that in one-shots. Yeah, I know Rooster Teeth is your baby there. So uh-huh. you, you, a lot you, of good work. Yeah, so it's going to be something to definitely check out between that and Crunchyroll. I know you're going to be locked and loaded for that. Yes, sir. 2 p.m. on Saturday, though, Family Guy is going to be doing their panel. Oh, so. Lord. Who knows what's going to happen there? A lot of crazy antics. It should be. 2 p.m. is also for All Mankind, which is from Apple TV. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the alternate history one where uh, the Soviet Russians beat us to the moon. Yeah, so that's going to be. That's the one that I was mildly interested in until they advertised the hell out of it in New York, and I got turned off from it. Yeah, sometimes that happens to the best of the show. So, But if you're a fan of that show, you definitely want to check it out. Um, also on Saturday, there's a Time Lord, uh, Time Lord Vicious, Victorious panel from yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. So this one is a brand new multi-platform Doctor Who story across comics, novels, audio, yep. vinyl. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They got the, it's like this big multi-platform thing they're doing. Because initially when I saw it, I thought it was like some sort of new series or movie or something. But no, uh, it's this like cross-platform story they're doing with books, comics, t- you know, and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, so this should be something definitely worthwhile if you're in the Doctor Who. And I'll say they teased the hell out of me when they first announced it because the picture I saw was like a cover art thing, and it had uh, Christopher Eccleston, David Tennant, and then Matt Smith all on the same thing. And I was like, wait, what the hell is going on? Yeah, Doctor Who always has a big presence at Comic-Con, no matter what you wind up yeah. doing. Also, 3 p.m. Saturday, Bill and Ted face the music. So, yeah. you got some information on this, Pat? Yeah, so this is with uh, the cast Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Samara Weaving, Bridget Lund- Lundy Payne, William Sadler, director Dean Parasot, along with writers Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson, uh, gather for a lively panel moderated by filmmaker and fan Kevin Smith. Uh, this one should be real interesting because it just came out today as we record. Uh, it will debut in some theaters uh ones that are open obviously uh but then it is also going to be a prime video on demand not amazon prime but you know if you have a television subscription uh you know cost a little bit more than your normal movie rental will do on that service uh says it will let's see the article i'm reading from ign.com uh says it will debut on tuesday september 1st rather than friday october august 28th 
So definitely some interesting stuff going on there. Uh, Bill and Ted, I mean, what can you say about that franchise? I am just actually shocked we have a, a third movie. Yeah. Like that... I, I the power of Keanu Reeves. Yeah, it's it's Keanu Reeves. I mean, otherwise the movie franchise has been flatlined for I don't know how long. Yeah, and obviously Keanu Reeves is Keanu Reeves, so people yeah. are gonna flock to people it. People love so. Keanu. I mean, rightfully so. Keanu's awesome. So this one, who knows what you're gonna have with this? Yeah, uh, I'm definitely interested to see the movie. I mean, the fact that we actually have a third one after all this time, I I don't know how it's gonna be. Right. I don't I don't have a gut opinion yet. Right. I'm sure I'll get one though, so we'll have to see. Uh, 3 p.m., Future of the Humanoids. So sure. this one, like I said, Mark Wade has taken over the franchise. It's going to be all about the future plans for this uh, pr- uh, property. So who knows what we're going to have here. Yeah, uh, Definitely something worth checking out. Another Peacock original series, Brave New World. So hmm. we are getting some new program. That's at 3 p.m. Sailor Moon panel for all those Sailor Moon fans out there. They're going to be doing that as well as 3 p.m. I mean, there's a lot of stuff on Saturday that really isn't like – Super focused, like, sure. a, like a like a franchise. It's like sure. a lot more, you know, for celebrated fandoms. They're also having one for Agents of Shield, breaking down the story, science of androids, space travel, and aliens. Hmm. Now, this one is interesting just for the fact that throughout Comic Con this entire run, there's different panels like breaking down the science of Back to the Future, right, and and so forth. And it's just like if you're really into science, it's got something for you. I'll say so. scientists heavy presence. I know there's a panel they're having at some point about NASA going back to the moon. Yeah, I know that that one's there too. I mean, Comic Con has a wide variety of panels covering every kind of genre you can yeah. think of, every kind of fandom, every kind of you know whatever you can think of is probably going to be a con. So it's going to be something to just check out. Just get on there and see what you can find. Essentially, I mean, that's the th- one thing about having the no badge needed. You can just go yeah. click on every single YouTube channel. So something worth checking out. 4 p.m. on Saturday is going to be the stars and executive producers of ABC's Stumptown. Mm, okay. So that's a highly anticipated season two. Greg Rucka uh, having some influence on that show. So you know he writes amazing comics. So it's going to be something to check out. And looking else down here, we got the... If you're into Mexican Lucha Libre wrestling, okay. a little one breaking down the history of, of the style of re- pro wrestling. So, obviously, we talk pro wrestling here all the time, so that's something I definitely want to check out. 5 yeah. p.m. It's 5 p.m. as well, too. Sci-Fi's Winona Earp. Hmm. Heard big, of it. Haven't seen it. Big cult following. So, that one is – they've got some one of the, the biggest passionate fan bases okay. I've seen. It kind of reminds me of Once Upon a Time's fan base. Oh, yeah. Like, they are passionate. Yeah. Like, you don't – you don't. You do was not. it was in the room at New York when you're waiting for Agents of Shield, and and once upon a time was before it. Uh, yeah, no, you are right. Very passionate. Yeah, they yeah they don't they do not mess around. So that panel is, is going to be a pretty fun one. A six p.m. on Saturday. This one blows my mind for a lot of different reasons. Okay. Twenty five years of Witchblade. Hmm. Now, Pat, are you familiar with this hero? No. Okay, so this hero was big in the nineties. And this is Mark Silvestri when um, he was just starting out with Top Cow Productions. Sure. Uh, the character has definitely was was part of, like, the 90s. And I'm, ju- I'm trying to think how to word this right. Um, was part of, like, the whole bad girl era that they mm. had going, like, okay. with Lady Death and she. And, like, yeah. if you yeah, really yeah, read yeah, a lot yeah. of those comics, they got grouped in there. And to see how this, this character has lasted for 25 years. I know there was, like, a short-lived TV show as well, too. It's really interesting to me. Like, I never thought the character would have this much, like, of a, of a following still 25 years later. Um, just because, like, I always remember the character had one of the worst costumes of all superheroes uh. ever. And if you want a Google search pad, you can you can see why. 
um, because it, it's it's like the, uh, there was a lot of like bad costumes like that in the nineties. Sure. Like uh, just a lot of you know. Nah, I don't even want to get really deep diving into that, but just to say, like it spawned off the Darkness book. Sure. With um, Garth Ennis was writing for him too, and like and just that whole universe with Top Cow. So sure. So that one, like I said, it's got a it's got a fan base for it. Like I said, I was not a fan of the costume. I understood the the book was was very good once you got around the costume for it. I'll show you a picture when um, we go to break. Uh, but 6 p.m. on Saturday, too, as well. So if you want to check that out for Witchblade, go right ahead. Uh, 6 p.m. Saturday as well, an evening with Kevin Smith. Uh, having been to a Kevin Smith panel myself, not by choice, uh, there was a Star Wars panel after it the first year I went to New York Comic Con. It's always a good time. Yeah, it definitely is. So Saturday will end very strong. Kevin Smith, is he's, he's pretty much like associated with San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Always does a big show out there. Always does something super huge. So Saturday is pretty stacked. And Sunday, Sunday is like a half day as well, too. They, mm-hmm. end, they end at 4 p.m. Like, that's the last panels coming out. So they're going a little shorter than the previous days. But kicking off at 10 a.m. on Sunday, Pacific Time, the first TMNT film 30th anniversary. Wow. Yeah, 30 years of this film. And obviously, there'll be a lot of retrospect going on with this. So it's something worthwhile to go check out if you're a fan of the, the genre. And uh, or the character, should I say? Yeah, just, yeah. Like I said, for thirty years having a, the first TMNT film, I remember the first time when I heard it was live action after the cartoons. And I was like, yeah, how is this gonna work? Yeah, how is it gonna work? And I mean, obviously, the first one was kind of interesting. Second one kind of fell off. Yeah, and I know that we've had the remakes throughout the years. So enough said there. Also, at ten a.m. on Sunday, celebrating eighty years of Will Eisner's The Spirit. Yeah. There's a reason the man has an award named after him, and just with his groundbreaking work with The Spirit to. Um, is going to be definitely something to check out. And jumping in 11 a.m. too, there's a lot more uh, uh, retrospective, Sure, I would say, for this because there's Jack Kirby 101, the okay. introduction. So if you're not familiar why Jack Kirby is Jack Kirby, it's going to be something definitely worth checking out. And, you know, just like looking at the rest of the, the card here, uh, CW has a big day lined up. It's at noon. It's the 100 special video presentation Q&A. So, obviously, The 100 has lasted a long time on the CW. Not as long as Supernatural, but is definitely never had a drop in quality. A lot of people love the show. I've only started just getting into it, so I don't have a lot to really say about it, but I like what I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. So, this one will be a definite fun one for fans of that show to get into, and obviously, with it going into the final season, it's going to be something definitely worth checking out. Also, 1 p.m., Kevin Eastman panel, so mm. the cre- you know, co-creator of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be a fun one. And, uh, you know, like I say, a lot of teen- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff going sure. on. Sure. Yeah, it's the anniversary, though. Yeah. 1 p.m., if you're into the Goldbergs, uh, they're doing a panel for the show. So obviously, You said Goldberg, and I thought the wrestler at first. Yeah, no, no, no. The 1980s show. So that'll be happening. Also, 1 p.m. on Sunday, who's the best Doctor Who? Oh, so this one will be one for debate, so definitely want to jump in. So they have a lot of Doctor Who experts jumping in for this one. Ah. So if you're a Whovian, you definitely want to go check that out. Also, 2 p.m. on Sunday, a conversation with Nathan Fillion. Yeah, that should be real interesting. That should be a fun one. So yeah. Joss Whedon, along with Alan Tudyk, Gina Torres, um, and a whole slew of others are going to be joining in and just talking about Nathan's career and and that should be a fun one. Yeah. Like that, I'm, I'm thinking, is going to be a really, really fun one. Yeah. 2 p.m. on Sunday is going to be Robotech. So the long time. Wow. Yeah. So definitely is, is titled Robotech the Next Phase. So if yeah. you're into the Robotech, and there are a lot of people that still do. I mean, well, say, I remember when the cartoon re-aired on Cartoon Network in the late 90s when Toonami first was a thing. It was like one of the first shows uh, they showed on there. And I remember watching it. It was real good. Might yeah. have to check that out again. Yeah. 
Also, so do we want to give Tom another shout out? Yeah, we'll, we'll throw him another bone. Uh, 3 p.m. on Sunday, it is it's Morphin Time Power Rangers Meetup. Celebrate more than 27 years of Power Rangers with some of your favorite Power Ranger actors, including Davi Santos from Power Rangers Dino Charge, William Schufelt from Power Rangers Ninja Steel, Jack Guzman from Power Rangers Wild Force, Jasmine Badawalia from Power Rangers Beast Morphers, and special appearance by Claire Blackwelder from Power Rangers Dino Charge. Uh, so definitely something to check out if you are a Power Rangers fan. I'm sure they'll be swapping stories and, and, and sharing some memories. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's one of the best things to con. And to close out Sunday, the one that really stood out to me, uh, there's one for Supernatural Therapy. Uh, fight, fighting internal monsters like a hunter in real life. Uh, See, I thought it was going to be for like supernatural fans dealing with the end of the show. That's it, it kind of has a little bit to do with it. So uh. that, that's why I say like it, it's a very interesting panel when I was reading the description for it. Like it, it caught my eye because I'm I was fully expecting something from supernatural here. Sure, but to quote the uh, comiccon.org article, supernatural might be coming to an end, but the incredible benefits that the SPNF family. Have brought don't or brought to the world don't have to. So you're joining psychologists, writers, and they discuss how we can continue to be hunters in real life after the show ends. So it's it's something that's very interesting. Um, yeah. Like I say, because Supernatural obviously ending its what 15 new seasons. Uh, yeah, I believe something so. wild like that. It's definitely something cool to kind of just end on a note. And even 4 p.m. on Sunday too, they have the grind never stops, not even during a quarantine. So it's hmm. you know just keep you going during everything going on. Yeah. All in all, though. Final thoughts Oof. on San Diego Comic-Con. Despite the fact it's not its usual star-studded, you know, gold medal, whatever you want to call it, event, still a lot going on and a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, a lot of good stuff going on. So many different panels happening. It's going to be a fun day. Like I say, Friday looks like the biggest day for me yeah. of the week. That one's standing out a lot. I mean, there's so many great panels. Hit us up on that hashtag, though, hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts about Saturday and Sunday? What panels stick out to you? And overall, what is your feeling going into Comic-Con at home? We definitely want to have that conversation. We are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. In a world of utter randomness, one podcast stood out from the bunch, and it was the amazing world of talking shiz. <laughs> Sorry, I had to clear my throat there. Um, yeah, it's just mainly randomness. And focus is it's definitely not, being not focused on at all. No. Uh, our podcast is definitely um, no theme at all. It's literally random and talk about literally everything and throwing in random jokes at any given time. Yeah. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And- so go ahead, tune in. New episodes weekly. And we're international international very very well so tune in follow us on twitter see you there hi this is tyler from second suitor and you're listening to the odph podcast i want you to get it i want you to understand i'm doing the best i can but not as good as i want to be i just want to get Coming back for the next segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and I guess we have a double shot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Because our normal recording day, we didn't get a chance to record, so that's why we're doing this on Thursday. So we actually got a chance to catch up on this past recent Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. So we'll just kind of give you a quick once-over of both, kind of blend them together for one segment. So if you have been behind on your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., catch up. 
and join back in the conversation because we are going to be talking spoilers in three, two, one. Pad, what have you thought about the past two episodes? For last, uh, what was it, episode eight? Sucked. Uh, episode nine, better. Yeah, I have to say, episode eight was a, a filler episode. Episode nine had a lot more energy to it. So jumping into episode eight, we'll just kind of do a quick recap of it because we did do a, a little bit more of a deep dive on the East Coast Avengers YouTube page. So go check that out. You see me talking with JT and Dom. is a great conversation. But talking about episode eight, like I say, it was really straightforward. The team had re- rescued Mac and Deke. They're jumping around in time because the time drive is messed up, and Yo-Yo's powers are inactive. And right. we, and at this point, we haven't figured out why. Like I thought there was still a, a hidden shrike inside her. Right. Did not happen. No. So this is a whole thing to go back to the afterlife where Jaying was recruiting the Inhumans during season three. So it's a nice throwback to see those yeah, characters. Forgot about them. I'll be honest. Yeah, it was just a nice little throwback to it. And most of this episode was trying to focus on how to get Yo-Yo's powers back. And it found out it was mental instead of physical. And mm-hmm. it was kind of forced in there that it was an origin story of that she couldn't get over a mental block that has never affected her prior to. Like, I figured it was going to have anything to do with the Shrike almost killed her. Right. And she couldn't recover from that. So this one really was very cut and dry that she goes through reliving the death of her uncle, which Uh which she takes full blame for because the uncle is getting robbed by, uh, it seems like, a gangster of some sort. Yeah. And she goes and there's a cross necklace that's on the desk that he sets down that he's trying to barter for payment and she sneaks away, grabs it quick and runs back. And then when the gangster is looking for it to, for payment, it's not there. So he says, you robbed me and shoots her uncle dead. So she wears that guilt, but we really haven't seen any history of this beforehand. So why this was such a big plot point, kind of puzzling. Yeah. You know, for me, it just kind of felt like it was rushed. So I was not a super fan of this. Like it was cool going back to see the afterlife and during this whole point, though, Nathaniel Malik shows up and recruits Cora. Now, Cora is an inhuman that seems to have, like, a heat generation powers, kind of along the same lines as the X-Men's Havoc. Right. And during this whole deal, she's rebelling against Jaying. Uh-huh. And it winds up that the team ultimately unlocks Yo-Yo's power and jumps back on the time drive before anything happens. But during this... Malik and company take over the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And he winds up recruiting Cora because Cora is trying to kill herself at one point because she can't handle her powers, and Malik winds up dissolving the gun. And it's, it's kind of a weird thing because I never realized, like, Quake's powers could do that. No, neither was, did I. I thought it was more Force Blast. And I know Dre was talking about this, too, on Twitter, and it was saying he's like our, the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. version of Magneto. Right. Which I'm like, I see that, but it's kind of weird that the powers could do that, and, and Daisy's never entertain that thought hard to say hard to think but this episode really was kind of a cut and dry and more like a planting a seed of what's to come because you see malik and cora taking over the afterlife and starting to build their inhuman army right so i know that's a really super quick jump in the plot but pad what did you think of the episode Eh, like i said sucked not real much going on you know i realized it was planting some seeds and getting some stuff moving but felt like a filler yeah i I do too like i said it was it was an average episode nothing really right home about and like i said the original yo-yo i don't think we need it at this stage and i thought let's say when you're when you're on episode eight and you have nine ten eleven 
12, 13, you know, left to go when you're basically at the 11th hour, you don't need to be giving someone's origin story. Yeah. So at this stage, like I say, that's why we kind of did a quick recap of that because there really wasn't a lot to sink our teeth into. However, though, episode nine, mm-hmm. as I have always been, is the title. Uh, our one Gemma Simmons is our yeah. director, Elizabeth yeah. Henstrich. So, Pad, what did you think of this one? I thought it was a great episode. I thought it was real interesting to put them in a time loop and just kept reliving the same moment over and over again. I know that's been done a lot in movies and TVs and comics and games, but it felt fresh. It didn't feel like you know they were changing things enough that it felt the plot was moving along while keeping it in the same span of time. Yeah, I agree. Like, this one had Run Lola Run vibes to it, if you've ever seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, so there was a lot that when the Zephyr is trapped in the time vortex, Daisy wakes up, and she realizes that something's wrong. So once she keeps waking up and reliving, she's now picking up memories of, like, what has happened and something is definitely wrong. So once she catches up with Coulson, Coulson is also aware. I will say I'm glad the first two times they showed the lo- they showed the logo the first normal time and then they showed it again. I'm, the second time I'm like they're not going to keep showing the logo, are they? Yeah. So I'm glad they didn't keep doing that. Yeah, I'm glad too because that would got old real quick. Uh huh. But once Coulson and Daisy start conveying notes and you hear that this has been like eighty the eighty oh seventh time was the first time this, and this might have been Clark Gregg's best performance as Agent Coulson. He was hamming. This oh up. my god! Like he's so at his wits end and he's at the end of his rope and he's like, listen. I don't have time for this. We have to figure this out. I've been doing this, you know, 14 times. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy to see this happen. So it goes to this big twist and turns that we're trying to figure out what happens. And the person that they think might remember what happens is Simmons. Mm -hmm. So they come up with this plan that we can go and unlock Simmons' memory. We'll be able to figure what's going on. Because the problem is when all these characters are dying. Yep. They're forgetting what happens prior. Except for uh, Daisy and then Coulson. Yeah, because they're relaying information to the other. So that makes sense. And it was kind of like a real cool twist on this. Yeah. But once they try going to take the memory, the implant that's inside Simmons out, there's the room that they're trying to work in that she's trying to self uh, work herself uh, to, take, the, to take the implant out. Yeah, thank you. She winds up breathing in gas, and she's locked well, in and, and dies. Well, we don't know it's gas. The, I think, was it the first time she dies, she just suffocates and dies. You see, I thought she was faking No, to do it. Like, it no, was, like it was she, kind of a Well, I, I thought that, too, at first, but then I'm like, oh, shit, she's really dead. Like, the first time they go through it, they never get in the room. Yeah. But the but then the second time they go, they go through that scenario, Daisy's with her. Yeah. And yeah. Daisy manages to get the door open right as she dies. And that's when they figure out, oh, it's gas. Yeah, it's absolutely wild to see. So once they start figuring out that, okay, somebody is trying to sabotage their mission and somebody is doing a murder mystery, Mm -hmm. like this episode really starts picking up steam. However, Colson deducts that it's Enoch that is behind this is kind of brilliant because I could not figure out who it was at first. No. But he really starts stretching on that Enoch – is programmed to defend Simmons at all his costs. And if Enoch has orders to protect that implant right. from Fitz, because that's his best friend slash programmer at this stage, then he's going to do whatever he has to do. So he tests his theory out because he tries grabbing for the implant, and Enoch goes Wolverine. Oh, my God. And wipes out the entire team. So he goes Terminator. Yeah, it's absolutely Not like T-1000, but like the later models. It's absolutely crazy. So he winds up just dismantling the team, kills, winds up killing them every time. Oh, my so, God. That was absolutely hilarious. So it keeps building up. Oh, my God. And was then so good. Until they finally pull off this scheme where they keep Enoch distracted enough that they can remove the implant, and Simmons remembers 
how to stop this, and that is take out Enoch's power system. I'll say with all the craziness and all the like heightened tension of the episode, it was really it was a real good like relief point when the the growing number of the team is fighting Enoch, and at first it's just Coulson and Daisy, then it's Coulson, uh, Daisy, and Simmons. And then it's just like they keep going, going, going more until it's eventually the entire team. And I think the last time they do it, somebody, I think it might have been Maggie or somebody goes, is Deke dead? Yeah, he's dead. And somebody else something says something else and they go, is it really that big a loss? Yeah. No, they, they start hamming it up by the time it's all said and done because at this stage they've lived their life I don't know how many times. Oh, I think for Colson it's got to be north of 100. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy to go through. And so during this whole ordeal, they start teasing a budding romance between Quake and and Souza, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, um, but I, but I, I kind of get it though. Like you remember back to Agent Carter, he had feelings for Peg, mm-hmm. for Peggy, and I think he see based off of what he says in the episode, his little speech about why he's doing what he does, and you know he has a type and he knows her type and this and that. I think he sees a little bit of Peggy in her. In her. Yeah, I agree too. No relation, and obviously no blood relation, but. You know, in terms of just her character, there's a relation. Yeah, so it, it's kind of a, like a, a little, like it kind of felt a little forced to me, but I get it. And I'm, I wasn't mad. I was like, oh, they kind of were tipping their hat a little too much to it this yeah. episode. But overall, they finally wind up getting the power drive out of Enoch. Mm-hmm. So they can explain, because Simmons winds up telling him, like, we need your power uh, mechanism. And yeah. he's like, unfortunately, it's going to kill you. And but Enoch, like a true hero, sacrifices himself for the team. That was my one issue with the episode was that like they'd gone through all these scenarios and all these scenes where he is whooping their butt, like one hand tied behind his back, whooping their butt. And then when it comes to oh hey, we need your heart essentially to stop the time drive and do this. Okay, here you go. Well, I go to show the character of Enoch. I mean, Joel Sulfur has played him phenomenally, being yeah. you know as robotic as possible. Yeah, and. For him to go out as a hero, I get, and he follows Simmons' orders to the letter. Oh, yeah. So if Simmons says you need to do it, he does it. But he also does it a very heroic way. My only issue with this is you didn't think to upload him into an LMD. True. Like of this entire point, you could not have done that. True. So you just essentially let him die, even though it's a gut check moment, though, between uh, him, uh-huh. Daisy, and, and Coulson. Coulson. Yeah, that was, like, that was rough. Ooh. Oh, yeah. No, that was, that was a, that, that hits you in the heart there. When they, when they give you the logo right before the final, like, scene of the episode, and there's no, we'll be right back. You yeah. know, you know, it's a big, it's a big moment. Yeah. So when Enoch is, like, telling basically everything and he's having that final goodbyes, he does tell Daisy that this is the final mission. So, like, he uh-huh. knows that they're not surviving this. At least in his memory. So who knows? Because once you start dealing with the timeline, everything's messed up. Yeah. So what do you know what you're going to get? And it's a really fascinating take because, I mean, he dies very heroic. He gives this long speech, too, of like, you know, he goes out as a hero, which I think is something he ultimately was trying to do. Like, he was trying to live up to his teammates. And mm-hmm. he even said, he goes, he goes, if this roles were reversed, you would do this. Yeah. So you can't say you wouldn't. So once the, it's revealed that this is the final mission, I think that this is going to be a very telling point to Daisy, who knows this, and whatever Coulson wants to think of this. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to tell the rest of the team that you're not going to survive this. Like, how would that go mentally over with that team? Oh, not well. I, I can't imagine it would go well. Like, no. I, I just really can't. Like, I think May would handle it, but I don't think Deke would. Deke would freak well, out. Well, May's also an LMD, so, yeah. Yeah, pretty much so at this stage. So it's it's kind of an interesting take on this. And the only subplot that we had going is Malik is now training Korra. Yep. Who is Quake's half-sister, too, by the yeah. way. 
which will just be more messy as the season goes Family on. Family drama. Yeah. So overall, though, the episode I thought was pretty straightforward. Yeah. It was a fun one. As oh, well. yeah. Yeah. It was definitely fun. It wasn't as fun as the 80s episode, though. No, it wasn't. But I did appreciate the one scene where it's uh, it's whatever time Daisy's done it. And she just goes, that, that, this, that. And they all happen in succession. And Mac just looks at her like, what the hell? Yeah, it's absolutely wild to see. But overall, strong episode going in to four more left. Yep. So next week we do see the Jaying is back and we find out a little more history. Like mm-hmm. she's going to connect with Daisy. Who knows what's going to happen there? I think Still that's waiting on them to show up in between uh, Infinity War and Endgame. I think that that's where the series Just ends. Saying. That's where I think this. I, th- I truly think the series ends. Could there. be. It's got to make some sense. But let us know what you think, though. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What was your thoughts about these past two episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. and where do you think they're going for the next one? We definitely want to have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. And I'm going to kick off one shots talking about Stargirl. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the best episodes they've done. I am talking spoilers. You have been forewarned if you've been sleeping on this show. you got to get familiar. DC Universe, CW, make it happen. Binge watch it. You're missing one of the best superhero shows on TV, bar none. Spoiler time, though, because we are going to start talking about Episode 10, Brave Wave Jr. Obviously, the ramifications of what's been going on has been huge. So if you are not caught up, You've been forewarned. Three, two, one. Here we go. Brainwave Jr. starts out recapping how Pat met Barbara in Blue Valley. And obviously with what's happened now with Barbara finding out that Courtney is Stargirl, she is not handling this well. Like like you would expect, Pat. Sure. So she kicks out Stripesy from the house and is telling Courtney, you're going back to California. We are out of here. During this time, though, you see that Henry Sr. has woken up. And is claiming that he has amnesia. So the original brainwave is playing dumb. Christopher Baker did a phenomenal job with this because he truly was acting that he had no clue of his son. He was very lost of what was going on. It was a really well done episode for him. And did show a lot of the back history that when you saw Jake Walker, who plays Henry Jr., developing his powers, was finally thinking that he had a start over with his dad. Mm -hmm. But during this time, though... Henry Sr. is saying that Icicle is responsible for everything that has gone wrong. He killed uh, Jordan's mother, Mary. Or, I mean, um, Mar- uh, Henry's son, mother, Mary. Jordan killed her. And during this, Henry Jr. becomes convinced that he can use his powers for good, and there's redeeming in his dad, and you know, Icicle is responsible for everything, so we have to fight this. So during this time, Henry goes and Henry Jr. goes to find the JSA. And at the same time, Barbara is recording um, a conversation with Jordan and his parents and trying to decipher what's going on from what Pat's saying. Because Pat finally comes clean about everything. Barbara is not handling this well by any means. Sure. And when Pat hears that Barbara has taken off, he goes to, su- to find her and try talking her out of moving. During this whole time, this is when the JSA decides to do the ill-fated plan of going to the ISA base. Underneath the Dragon Lord's or the Dragon King's house, Pat, how do you think this flies? Uh, not well. 
this goes completely wrong. So meanwhile, they decide to go do an ill-sided attack on the Dragon King. Barbara is now figuring out that what New America is is about, and they hear about the machine, and basically you get the sense that the, the mood of this show has just really changed, mm-hmm. that everything has gone wrong. So during this whole time period, the JSA is really trying to find themselves of, like, what should we do now? Because Courtney didn't jump, jump in at first, and she lost her staff because the staff decided to go rogue and try fighting Icicle at the hospital. Oh, of course. Because it's... It's got the, the like symbiote second brain thing going yeah, on, so yeah. it's just attacking on its own. So they wind up get, it, getting captured. So they're going in unarmed pretty much with their strongest weapon. And as they're walking around, our man finds Salmon Grundy's door. Oh, boy. And during this whole show, our man decides to break away from the group and is trying to open the door because he wants to go fight Grundy. That's not a good idea. He's so hot-headed, it's, it's costing that team in a, in a big, big way. But I love the interaction, though. And like I say, it's one of the stronger points of the episode, too, because Cameron Gelman, who plays Rick Tyler, he is definitely playing the brash, you know, not thinking straight, hot-headed guy with powers. Mm -hmm. Because if he really thought about this, he would say no about this. And during this time, though, like I said, the JSA is, is looking around the ISA headquarters. Henry has tagged along with him. And they're trying to track down Henry Sr., who is left with Icicle, because Icicle says, you know, I'll fix you, I'll bring you back. And once they get to the Dragon King's lab, they are tipped off that they are there by who? Shiv, who is yelling through the door, Dad, my enemies are here. The JSA is here. Let me kill them. Let me kill them. You know, trying to get back in the good graces. So once they get tipped off, there's a big fight scene going on. It's very well done. I don't know if they'll have this budget for the CW, though. Probably not. That's the one thing that's scary about this episode. Because they do this amazing fight scene. They're going back and forth. Henry Jr. is coming to terms that, like, he's saving his dad. He's finally getting worth, you know, self-worth. And during this time, Henry Sr. is, like, remembers everything. Mm -hmm. And is pushing him away. Because now he's cured of his amnesia. So he remembers everything. The team is escaping and Brainwave winds up cr- tracking them down in the hallway. So luckily, they don't have to worry about Grundy. They make the, the big escape, but during the hallway, as they're trying to go, Brainwave Sr. is stopping them. There is this cool battle where Henry Jr. goes and rips open these gated doors and shoves the team through it with his mind mm. and says and apologizes to Yolanda for what he's done to her in the past. So he's, he's having his redeeming moment. Like I said, it was such a strong moment for Brainwave Jr., that they have this epic battle against his dad, and his dad is, you know, taking him to school. Like yeah, it's just right. he's absolutely just outclassing him in every in every possible way. And when Henry Jr. is pleading his case and is saying, "You can't follow Icicle. He's done all this bad stuff to mom. You, there's more good in you than not." Brainwave Senior decides to drop a little bombshell. Uh, I killed Mary. Oh I boy. killed your mom, not Jordan. Oh boy. And it's also revealed that Mary was Starman's sister. Hmm. So there's like a little back and forth going of uh, family lineage that's really not there. But during this time, Brainwave Jr. overwhelms is overwhelmed and is buried alive oh right boy. in front of the JSA. He, so Brainwave Sr. kills his, his son, which is absolutely like shocking to see. Oh, that's good parenting skills. Yeah, and like Henry Jr. is just like his, his, last, his, like his last moments is like telling the team, keep fighting, keep going. It's such a dramatic scene, but I do have to give points taken off 
for our man because mm. he makes a like he's trying to do a clenching like terrorized face yeah and it's it comes off so bad i'm sorry like yeah. was something i took away i was like oh what are you doing it sounds like he's biting down on a mouth guard like it, right. it, it just looked completely out of, out of whack i know it's kind of a quick summary of the episode but the t- but this is such a, t- a turning point for the team because this is like that motivation when they finally go we have to win and we're gonna there's like motivation to do this. Oh, so what you're saying is it's it, it's the uh, their moment as in like the Avengers with uh, Coulson's cards. Yes, uh, to a lesser degree, but sure. yes. well, yeah, 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 yeah I was because yeah, yeah. they're not saving a major city. Yeah, yeah, they're not yeah, they're no, not saving you. anything, especially for Henry Jr. Like he was trying to rede- he was trying to redeem himself and was slowly doing it but the ramifications it's going to have on the rest of the team mm-hmm. is going to be very very interesting because this is the first time that they've had somebody that's a super powered frenemy mm-hmm. die in front of them yeah and how is that going to react for Yolanda and our man and Dr. Midnight yeah who have not seen this before right Courtney saw this with Joey dying right but none of the other team has seen this. Yeah. And how it ends, too, is when Barbara is making these these big moves to go back to California, she emails who is presumed to be Courtney's dad mm-hmm. and says, we need to talk about Courtney, and there's a mysterious email that comes back. But Starman's supposed to be dead, so who uh, is really her dad? Yeah. So overall, though, I know it's a very, very short version. I'd love to deep dive on it, but we have got so much to get into. This episode, one of the strongest episodes they've done a lot of back and forth, a lot of great acting, especially from you know Brainwave Senior and Junior. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Jake Walker did an amazing job. And I don't know if this is the final episode we see him or we're going to see him reanimated at some point. Because you, you see the body get buried, but you don't see the body get taken away. Oh, psychos comics. Exactly. And like I say, for Christopher Baker's portrayal as Henry Senior yeah. to be the cold-hearted super villain. Yeah. Oh, man, that was so strong. And just like the evil being that he was. And just admitting, like, I killed your mother, and if you're not going to be with me, you're against me, and he winds up killing his, his, his own son. Absolutely gut-wrenching moment of the show. And for being as modern retro as it is, it was a it was a sheer, like, dark moment in the show. Mm-hmm. I love how they're willing to take some chances and go there. Yeah. Man, it's such a phenomenal show. Yeah. can Like, I know there's only a few more episodes left, but mm-hmm. it's so binge-worthy. You need to jump on it. Three more episodes left. I can't wait to see how the season ends up. So highest, right. pos- highest possible recommendation. Definitely go check out Stargirl. Sure. Take us home with some one shots. Got some in- got some good news. Uh, first one is uh, some Star Wars rumors. And I should note this is a rumor. Nothing's concrete. Again, if it's not on StarWars.com, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it's being re- It was reported the other day by the podcast Kessel Run Transmissions, which I highly recommend. They're a great group of guys. Uh, they've heard rumors that Donald Glover uh, is either close or has signed on to return as Lando. Uh, in a presumably a Disney Plus series, but they said it's they stress it's early and could fall through because hey, Donald Glover is a fairly busy individual, uh, so definitely one of the better parts of the solo film, at least in my opinion, we might be seeing more of down the road. Uh, also, in some movie news, uh, AMC Theaters has announced it is once again delaying uh, reopening of its U.S. cinemas due to the ongoing pandemic, shifting from a late July reopening to mid to late August. Uh, they said, quote, this new timing reflects currently expected release dates for much anticipated blockbusters like Warner Brothers Tenet and Disney's Mulan, as well as release dates for several other new movies coming to AMC's big screens, close quote. Uh, so, yeah, last week it was announced that Tenet has been delayed indefinitely with no new release date, uh, and it was announced today 
delay from Dis- a whole slew of films from Disney uh, were delayed. Mulan has been uh, pushed back and does not have a current release date, uh, which has then triggered a whole bunch of stuff to get pushed back. Uh, some Star Wars movies that were getting worked on got delayed. Every announced Avatar, so Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5 have all been delayed. You can Google the dates on that. It's from 2022 to 2028 if they ever see the light of day. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. No. Uh, some other notable ones, Death on the Nile, that is the sequel to the uh, one, what was it, a Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. Uh, that got pushed back. You know, a whole bunch. Uh, Antler is the one we mentioned earlier uh, for San Diego Comic-Con, the Guillermo del Toro one. That one got delayed. Ridley Scott's The Last Duel got delayed. So there's a whole bunch of delays, but understandably so. Pandemic going on, everything's getting yeah, pushed back. Yeah, you got to do that. Safety first. Yeah. Uh, talked about it uh, again in the San Diego Comic-Con uh, portion with Rooster Teeth. Uh, they've got the trilogy of Transformers films coming out, and we might see the return of one of, if well, one of the more popular series, my favorite Transformer series, Beast Wars. You that'd be a fun one. Uh huh. I grew up watching Beast Wars in the '90s when it was on. I discovered uh, a streaming service that is on for free legally. Uh, where you can stream it. I'm rewatching it. So it looks like, and they're teasing that the Beast Wars, of course, the Maximals and the Predacons may make a triumphant return uh, to the Transformers universe. So I'm all sorts of amped up for that. That'd be very cool. Yeah. Uh, This one goes out to my girlfriend, Liz. Told her I'd talk about this one. Uh, An ultra-rare Pokemon card has been sold, and it broke its own sales record. Really? Yeah. So this card... uh, Back in October, sold for $195,000. This one went up for sale and sold for $233,000. So it's from 1998, and it's a picture of uh, Pikachu, who everyone knows and loves, uh, holding what looks like a pen and then ma- looks like a paintbrush or something. Yeah, it kind of looks like something like that. Can't say I'm familiar with the card, but according to the article on IGN, uh, what makes it so rare is that this was not sold but awarded as a prize in an illustration contest through Koro Koro Comic. Uh, An auction description from the $195,000 October sale explains this unique card was created specifically for the contest in the January 1998 issue. Uh, Three first place winners had a copy of the card, as did another 20 second place winners with cards awarded to in two more contests that that year. There were a maximum of 39 copies released. So, hey, Google search this card if you have it. It's worth a lot of money. Yeah, that's some worth. That's some bank right there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Some video game news because I am an equal opportunity uh, game news uh, announcer. Uh, Xbox had a whole bunch of games announced. Uh, dig into the trailers and more information as you will. But some notes. Uh, they showed off some uh, new trailer for Halo Infinite. That being the next game in the Halo series. Got to admit, haven't played Halo, but it looks real good. Halo's fun. Uh huh. They announced State of Decay three, uh, which is coming. No release date yet. I know that one's real popular uh, with the zombie fighters and whatnot. Uh, they announced the new Forza Motorsport game, which got to admit, haven't played Forza. Looks real nice. Looks real nice. Uh, just some other notable ones to talk about here. Uh, look, they announced an Ori and the Will of Wisps Xbox Series X update. I know that's a real popular indie game uh, that you can play on Xbox. Seeing some gameplay of it looks really awesome. Uh, just some other notable ones to talk about here because, like I said, they announced a whole bunch. They showed off a trailer for Psychonauts 2, uh, which is the long-awaited sequel to the uh, Double Fine Company's first ever game. Mm-hmm. Hard to believe they're actually doing one for that. Like I said, whole bunch more they announced that you can go through. But the one that kind of shocked everybody, and there have been rumors about this for a while, uh, a new Fable game uh, coming to Xbox. Yeah, there's been rumors about this and you know, kind of hearsay, but nobody was quite sure. But no, they confirmed it, put out a trailer. So that is going to be coming very soon. Like I said, check out YouTube or, or wherever you get your gaming news for more. 
Uh, we talked about Avatar in the last uh, one of the previous segments. It was announced that The Legend of Korra, the sequ- that being the sequel to Avatar The Last Airbender, is coming to Netflix. And that's why I said this is one of those weird ones. It's on both Avatar and Legend of Korra are on CBS All Access, but they're soon going to both be on Netflix. So, hey, it works. Contracts. Yeah, no, it works. And like I said, all it's all good promotion. And I was hoping that they would add this, especially, like I said, with the live action Avatar series coming down the road. You know, it'd be exciting to see what they wind up doing. I mean, from this yeah. panel at San Diego Comic Con, a lot of eyes are going to be on it if you're yeah. a fan of the, you know, that content. Yes, and uh, in more video game news, uh, it was announced that the Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two has entered full development. Uh, the news arrives thanks to a thanks to a 15-page interview of for an upcoming issue of the Japanese games magazine Famitsu. Uh, details of which were posted online and later translated. I won't read the full thing. Uh, but you can d- do that on your own time. But according to the blog source, full development has started for the second part of Final Fantasy VII Remake, following the first part's uh, release of April 2020. No release date. They're going to take their time, and you know what? As good as the first part is, yeah, let them do it. Take your time. No issues there. Got no issues. Uh, some Walking Dead news. We got an update on the Rick Grimes movie from creator Robert Kirkman himself. Okay. Uh, he's, uh, uh, at this weekend's virtual Skybound Expo panel, uh, Skybound Past, Present, and Future, uh, co-founder and Walking Dead creator Robert Kirkman decided to give an update on the Rick Grimes movie because, hey, they announced it a couple years ago. Everyone's wondering, where the hell is it? Uh, he said Rick might still be alive. And, of course, Denai Guerrero left the show, presumably to go find Rick. She might show up. Nobody's really saying. Uh, Kirkman said there's tons of stuff going on behind the scenes. I don't want anyone to think that we're just kind of waiting around for this pandemic to end. I would say that, if anything, the pandemic is going to make a lot of movies better, he added. I think the Rick Grimes movie, chief among them, just because we're getting a lot more time to cook this thing and make sure it's perfect. But when things do quiet down, you guys are going to hear a ton more about this movie. All right, I got to believe it when I see it. Yeah, no, there, same there, way. There's been so much rumors going around about it. I, I got to see something mm-hmm. s- you know, substantial before yeah. I make an opinion. Yeah. Uh, also, in some interesting related Walking Dead news, uh, the series is going to be reprinted in full color starting in October 2020. So that'll be real interesting. Of course, those who don't know, Walking Dead for its entire initial run uh, was printed in black and white. And that's how it made its run. And it was one of the more unique ways to see comics these days, because everything, at least to my that I've seen, is in, in color. Mm-hmm. So, not interesting. It makes sense that they're going to re-release it in color, just kind of a new spin on things. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see that. I mean, yeah. obviously, when it goes from black and white to color, it's going to be a different take on it, but yeah. still the same great quality book. Yeah, uh, some very surprising Netflix uh, movie news. Uh, the Russo brothers are partnering to create to put out a new movie starring Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. Uh, the movie is titled The Gray Man, uh, a new thriller movie directed by Joe and Anthony Russo that will care, that will be Netflix's biggest budgeted movie. That's ever. wild. This is like mind blowing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The movie is based on the Gray Man and Court Gentry's book series by uh, from author Ark Greeny. Uh, the globe-trotting movie focuses on two killers, Gentry, played by Ryan Gosling, and his former companion Lloyd, uh, played by Chris Evans, as they hunt each other down. Uh, so it, it looks like it's going to be the start of a franchise, and the first installment was written by Joe Russo, uh, among, along with some other ones. Uh, it, uh, Joe says, quote, The movie is a real mano a mano between these two great actors who represent two different versions of the CIA. And what it can be, and what it can do. Uh, for those who were fans of Captain America Winter Soldier, this is us moving into that territory in more of a real-world setting. That's what this movie really means for us, close quote. Uh, in terms of how big this budget is, put it to you this way. Uh, reportedly, The Irishman cost about $175 million to make. Extraction, starring Chris uh, Hemsworth, uh, was about under $100 million to make. The reported budget for this one, uh, around $200 million. Jeez. 
for a Netflix movie. You got that money to burn, go for it. Yeah, man. But that's, why not? That's nuts to me, man. Yeah. I, I mean, if Netflix can pull it off, got, hey, more power to them. Mm-hmm. And lastly, one of the biggest surprises of this whole 2020 is not dead yet. You can't keep it down. Uh, coming on the on July 25th at 10 p.m. Eastern, check your local listings on Animal Planet, Surviving Joe Exotic. Oh, my God. He's still around? Uh-huh. Well, this is still a thing? This is still a thing. Yeah, Animal Planet has uh, got a document Tiger King documentary coming up, which was filmed just four months before Joe Exotic's arrest. Spoiler alert. Uh, the trailer they put out offers fans a sneak peek at the one-off uh, special that is set to follow the stories of the animals that were rescued uh, from the GW Zoo and given a second chance at life after Exotic. Exotic was sentenced to 22 years in federal prison for two counts of murder for hire and an attempt to kill animal rights activist Carol Goddamn Baskin. That's not in the article. That's just what people like to say, uh, as well as a numerous other wildlife violations, uh, according to the Washington Post. So I know this was a big one, and I know there's been a lot of people who kind of wondered what happened to some of those animals after all that was all said and done. But it looks like we'll get some updates. That's freaking wild. Joe the, Exotic. Joe thing, Exotic is still thing, a thing. The thing that won't go away. <sighs> Where do you go from here? I don't know. So let's do an abridged short version of the outro. The music you heard on this episode of that of this edition of the ODPH is that of Shout at the Robots. Why am I doing a short version? Because I really want to get started watching San Diego Comic-Con. But where do you find out about Shout at the Robots? Because they're watching San Diego Comic-Con. You want to watch with them? Simple. OchoDuroParleyHour.com has everything you need for Shout at the Robots. Floodlands, Second Suitor, Yard Party, Fair City Fire, all of that is under the music section. Under the ODPH directory, we have got links for Off the Cuff Gaming. We've got links for Excite Wrestling, for organizations supporting Black Lives Matter, voter registration, Save Luma Festival, and all the amazing pod groups that we are in. Shout out to Pod Nation. Shout out to the Legion of Independent Podcast. Shout out to Alternate Reality Radio. Shout out to Hashtag 67 Podcast. And shout out to the Apocalypse community. And, of course, shout out to 8122 Productions. Rich Ron and Hashtag Big Natty Cool doing big things over on their network. And check out their Patreon, patreon.com slash 8122productions. $1 gets indoors, $3 gets you comfy seat at the table. Check out Parlay Points on the ODPH directory or webpage as well because there's a brand new blog talking San Diego Comic-Con. So much is going on over on ochoduroparleyhour.com. You just need to click it. I can't even talk straight because I'm so amped up for San Diego Comic-Con and I'm going to be doing some more streaming after this episode is released, so head on over to twitch.tv slash 607podcast to join in on all the SDCC coverage, baby. That's all we got for this week. So for the one and only Pedal1J. 57 days, still no HBO Max app on Roku or Amazon Firestick. Eight days, no Peacock app on Amazon or uh, Roku. I'm your host, Ken M. Enjoy San Diego Comic-Con from home. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. Uh-huh.